Hinga dinga Durgan. <laughs> Roll that intro now. That's a good spot. <laughs> it's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast. The drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poured. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we happen if you let that whiskey ring. The Odd Drunk Podcast! <laughs> I, I was I planning that all day. I, did, I, was <laughs> I, was, I didn't expect that. <laughs> um, if you guys haven't guessed from my Hinga Dinga Durgan and the intro, or the title, we are talking all about Vikings tonight. <laughs> Yes, and yeah. we are not talking about the Minnesota Vikings. No, although if you do Google just Vikings, that's that's all that comes of, up. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I went on YouTube and looked up Vikings, and I even added history. In Assassin's Creed Valhalla. To yeah, up. I even added history to the search on YouTube, and I was still getting football videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, NFL Vikings. Yeah, history of the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> um, yeah, I do, yeah I do follow a couple Scandinavian guys I don't know where specifically in that region they're from I think one of you them You follow them? On, on Yeah, phys- like literally <laughs> uh, No, on YouTube and stuff There's some fun guys uh, Yeah I, I like I like their accent it, it, Yeah, they do have good accents it's, Well, I mean it, I don't follow him anymore personally <laughs> I, I stopped doing that I got a restraining order but uh, PewDiePie, <laughs> Felix Jarlberg, he's um, a famous Viking, oh, actually. Yeah. One of the most famous Vikings. <laughs> no. Uh, the, the famous Vikings. Yeah. Ragnar Lothbrok and PewDiePie. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two. <laughs> All the other ones. That's There you go. That's no, the Vikings I, episode. I, I, I do See have, you next week. <laughs> I do have a famous viking in particular i want to talk about i won't spoil it yet but um i got i got i got a famous viking as well i hope it's not the same one i, I doubt it i hope not. we're, we're I, gonna find I, out i picked a pretty basic one but he's in he's a very important historical figure figure yeah. i would argue and also <laughs> i've have i've been awake for 15 hours so yeah. i am sorry i am getting to the delirium state i took of, uh, i took notes even though that doesn't seem when that long when you work all day when you work all day it is yeah yeah and yeah. I didn't get a nap, but I did prepare for this episode. Actually, we're ready. But we're ready to have some drinks. We got some good drinks. We do have some good drinks. Uh, all and, and we're going to talk about Vikings. All because it's been a while since we've done a episode about the last one was historical pirates. stuff. It was pirates yeah. and Vikings were the pirates of Scandinavia during yeah. the eighth to eleventh. Here. here, I'm going to kick it century. off right here with my first. <laughs> Wait, fun before fact. you kick it off, well, fun... it's related to what you just okay. said. Okay. The uh, etymology of the word Viking comes from the Old Norse word vik, meaning inlet or bay, also coming from the uh, vikinger, which meant pirate. Yeah. Um, And and the English uh, suffix ing coming from, I'm probably mispronouncing this, uh, wiking, viking is w-i-c-i-n-g. I I don't know how to pronounce Uh, that in old old English. Um. No, and so during this whole episode, we're still, unless we're talking about a specific uh, tr- uh, 
kingdom or person, we're going to be referring to them as Vikings, yes. just as a general broad term yes. for yeah. Scandinavians. Yeah, we we, we know <laughs> that all not all Northmen, Nord, the Norse, uh, the Nords, not all Nords, Skyrim. And, and Danes, and <laughs> and etc. were Vikings. But in pop culture, in fact, actually, most of them weren't. No, most of them weren't. <laughs> most of them were uh, normal people. Yeah. Just trying to live. But there are actually, I don't know. I don't know if my guy would be considered a Viking, but he is in pop culture and in history. Yeah. And well, and even I even like during my research and it's not like I was going to academic journals the whole time, but even <laughs> historians refer to it as like early Viking age. You know, oh yeah. Like, it's, it's when you're specifically talking about that before, region, before, like we you, ta- before think, you add us and go, actually, they're, actually, they're not, they're not technically. Shut up. Yeah. We're just going to use, and the we know Vikings. they didn't wear horns. That's another fun fact. Ooh. They didn't have horns, yeah. but we're, we're not, we're not, both of us are, are idiots with history. We, I have a, I have a major in it and you, was you, a, I was a minor. Yeah. You did a minor in it. So yeah. like, uh, um, we're both history guys. We, we know what's up. And dude, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we know they didn't wear horns unless it was for a ritualistic purpose, but not in battle or anything. I do like, have you seen um, the, the show, uh, Norseman on Netflix? I have. There's it's an, amazing. It's like we, in we the first episode that. where the guy's like, he has horns on a helmet. He's like, check this out. And he puts on a and helmet. And the guy just pulls and it they're, off. And they're like, that's stupid. And there's this whole conversation of, on why horns. And he's like, it's a fashion statement. <laughs> yeah. Although, um, correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. And this is just from just from the top of my head, from what I remember just learning, uh, there was, there were horn helmets found in that area, but during the bronze age, like way a lot longer oh, yeah. before the Vikings. Yeah. Bronze huh. helmeted. Yeah. Ho- uh, horn, horn, horn helmets, helmets have existed. It's just that, uh, like during Caesar's time. You yeah. Might there, into... There's a very, there's... so I think that idea kind of bled into the whole yeah, mythology and, well, it's like of horn Vikings. Helmets have in all sorts of cultures existed. It's just that they wouldn't have been the norm. No, it would because... be intimidation, fashion well, statement. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it, ritual. Yeah. Uh, all, all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it would be something you wear to your wedding. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> maybe my, my girlfriend's probably not going to let me wear a, a horned helmet. What if you were a to accurate a uh, Norwegian <laughs> helmet from like the 900s? Maybe non-horned. Maybe. Yeah. Like something you'd see in Mountain Blade. Because <laughs> they have those kind of helmets. I'm just going to I'm just going to dress as a <laughs> well, here's something I am realizing literally right now. What's Mountain that? Blade. In Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord, there are the Valandians, right? Yeah. And they're basically the, the, the Vikings. I have a note here. In the Byzantine Empire, Vikings were known as Valandians. Yeah, well, they were and, often mercenaries. Well, yeah, yeah. There was the Valandian Guard, which was a group of not just uh, Vikings, but also Anglo-Saxon and other... Northmen, Northmen, Norsemen, um, yeah, uh, would work as mercenaries down there. They were typically we th- we think they were drawn down there initially by trade, because here's another misconception about Vikings is they were not all just raiding people all the time. No, they did a ton of trading. One too. of the guys I'm going to um, talk about, uh, he was he actually helped kind of break that mold during yeah. a time where it was popular to raid. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and when they did raid, they would bring wealth and then they would bring them back to. 
the towns or that they were at and that all this influx of wealth that they were bringing in created trade hubs as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were known as the Valandians. There was the Valandian Guard. They were known for their loyalty and their military prowess. And they were actual an elite group within the Byzantine army. Um, yeah. Uh, but that you said Mountain Blade and I immediately went, holy shit, Valandians. No, I did yeah. not make that connection when I was doing that Vikings research. or Northmen, yeah, have been recorded to travel all the way to the Middle East to Byzantines to, and serve as mercenaries. And, as, or just trade. As you, far yeah. as Baghdad. <laughs> yeah. We know that they... And they didn't always travel overseas. Some of them would, went overland because Kiev in Ukraine, mm-hmm. it was uh, Vikings. Yeah, and it's where it's where the they a lot of Vikings and Norsemen um, settled in that whole region, and it's, it's actually where you get the word Russia from. Yeah, well, from yeah, the word Russia, if I'm correct, comes from the locals uh, basically naming the Swedes that would show up mm-hmm. the Rusmen or the Rusmen. Yeah. I don't know how they pronounce it, but that just means red, red. Because yeah. they had red hair and they haven't seen that before. Yeah, so that's that's lot. where that comes from. So they didn't always. That's why Russia's always been associated with red. Yeah, so you know Vikings and Northmen, and just just you know all of this as a precursor to just uh, show a little little snippet of what you're getting into by listening. It's to this a lot episode. more than pop yeah. culture. Yeah, makes they, it out they, to be. the uh, it was a complex uh, culture and society and a group of people. Yeah, it wasn't you know. just the Vikings, but yeah, we're still. Yeah. Just in broad terms, we're going to be referring to Vikings. Um, <laughs> hey, Assassin's Creed does it. Um, yep. God of War. Oh, God of War Ragnarok. I, I do want to check that out. Yeah. I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's very I good. I still got to play the first remake or reboot. I've heard that's good, too. I got to play that one. I, I yeah. just avoided it. <laughs> I Because it's one of those situations where I've never been super into God of War. I yeah. understand why it's popular. But, like, the old one, it, hack and slash games just... I liked messing around with them, but I never got like super into them at mm-hmm. that time. But now I'm actually getting more into them, and but it's the kind of thing with the PS4 ver, uh, reboot that's yeah. in Norse mythology. It's I feel like I would nowadays be set far in, like, more Norway or something. I would whatever. be a lot more into God of War now than I was. Well, when it, I was like God of War. Game. Now they're done with Greek mythology because Kratos killed that pantheon. Yep, <laughs> and now he's an old dad, and it's Norse mythology. I that's did, great. I did watch. And game, he has a beard. I did watch gameplay of the boss fight with Thor, and it was pretty damn cool. Yeah, isn't he like yeah. a big kind of jolly? Yeah. Well, he, robust he's Thor. Yeah, he's yeah. he's kind of not Marvel Thor. He's, no. Yeah. He's Norse mythology Thor. No, and big guy. Speaking of Thor, I mean, Stan Lee with Marvel and Steve Ditko, they were like, "Look, we can take this old Norse god that not many people talk about nowadays." Yeah. Even though of uh, Vikings and that timeline like was making a resurgence in the 60s like the interest in that yeah but um but but if if you knew who thor and balder were you were a fucking nerd a real history nerd (laughs) yeah yeah um but no and they were like we need like a superman type character let's just take thor jazz him up (laughs) they certainly did jazz him up quite a bit yeah Yeah. maybe a little too much in love and thunder but don't get me into that but i mean (laughs) Think what? just think about yeah. just as another precursor, like we talked about the Minnesota Vikings, we talked about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the new God of War games, <laughs> Elden Ring. I mean, so many games. Yeah. 
And um, Marvel with Thor, Loki, Odin, they have the whole Norse pantheon. Super and fa- popular, I, I believe yeah. that was the first pantheon. Maybe they used the Greeks a little bit around the time. But I think that was the first pantheon Marvel, like, officially used. Yeah, and it, but and it's interesting because, like, growing up, I remember... It's just interesting. I remember how, it's really more recently that the general public has been into Norse mythology a bit. Yeah. Um, I, when I was growing up, it was all about... But it's a about, pop culture... Yeah, when, when, I was, when we were growing up, mainstay. I remember when, when, when we were kids and stuff... Uh, it was all about the Greek gods. It was about the Greek gods, it was about pirates, yeah. ninjas. Which you would have that one guy that would mention Vikings. You'd be like, "Shut up! I don't know what that yeah, is." You're Vikings. <laughs> no, but then yeah. it caught on, and now like that's what everyone talks about now. Yes. I mean, every game has to do a Viking version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and you know to think that. I don't know. Do you think they're going to make a game a thousand years in the future about millennials? <laughs> I hope so. It's like Assassin's it's, Creed. It'd be weird. You're on TikTok. And you're <laughs> they're, they're probably going to still be making in the future. Whatever games. Shooter games that like. take place during the U.S. war in Afghanistan. Oh, they will. Oh, yeah. Well, they already do. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, like, they're going to continue making that. No, yeah. And a um, hundred years from now, that will be a historical setting. Yeah. Which Even though technically anything in the past is a historical setting. Yeah. But, there, there, but you know what, I know what you mean. There, there's there's a certain line where you start being... No, Two years ago that's was a, a historical... That's a contemporary history. That's contemporary, but it's still history. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you throw on that contemporary, contemporary tag on there. And that there. makes it just lame. Yeah. Um, but before we continue... Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are drinking all Viking-themed drinks. In fact... Fairly authentic. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't speak for um, beers made in Iceland, but we have a beer made in Iceland. We've had it on the show maybe a while back. We've had one of theirs because oh, it's we just, have. I think we had their porter. It's a good beer on the show. Okay. I have Einstock, and you also have Einstock. But yes. let me tell you about mine. I yeah. have their Arctic Lager, mm. and yeah, it's out of Iceland. And I would love to visit Iceland sometime. See the aurora. Borealis? Borealis. Borealis. Right? Northern Lights. Sorry, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not drunk. I'm just tired. But the Northern Lights and the (laughs) volcanoes, and it just just looks like a fantasy land there, but cold. But anyways, the beer reads, and it's in each of their beers, the Viking logo that they got, and yeah, very much confirms the pop culture Viking. But, you know, they kind of have to. Um, but they are is Iceland, so I yeah, think so, out of all out of all people, they definitely have a claim to say this is a and Viking. They have beer. the right to yeah, they're allowed to use make, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, so it reads: Iceland's magnificent glaciers draw curious legions from around the world. Experience the taste of Icelandic paradise with our Arctic lager, brewed with Citra and Citra Cryro hops. Our dry hopped lager delivers a full flavored and refreshing taste for all adventurous Vikings. And yeah. I must say, I when I f- bought it, I was like, oh, they make a lager? I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. But it's a dry hopped lager. So mm. it does have a I bit bet of you were, you, I bet you were thinking like Coors, lager, but, but no. It's, it's uh, got a little bit more um, texture. It's a yeah, fuller. I'm, I'm a big fan of Einstock. Everything I've had from them is just, they're always really good. They're, claim, no, they're really good. Their claim to fame is that they use like, Arctic waters, yeah, yeah to make like glacier water to make yeah. their beer, and water makes a big difference. You know, Colorado here where we live, we 
breweries do the same thing. They go like, oh, we're using Rocky, well, Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountain water, spring water, and all that. And that's good um, and all, but glacier water, come on. Yeah, I've I've that. got here also from Einstock, uh, the Einstock, uh, Olgerd, Olgerd, uh, Icelandic winter ale. I'm about to try one of those, and, and you can uh, have one of mine. It's very good. Let's see what it reads here. It's a uh, Viking with a Santa hat. Yeah, yeah, like an we elf, took a picture, like don't an worry. elf Viking. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Iceland, winter is not something we fear. It is something we embrace. We celebrate this with our super limited edition winter ale. Brewed with smoked Icelandic barley and hand-picked spruce tips, it is the perfect ale to inspire you to face the elements because winter is coming and it tastes delicious. And I think this is a pretty fantastic I don't know why. winter ale. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm tasting. It's good. I, I like it, by yeah. the way. This makes it sound like it, I don't like it. But it, it it tastes like a Christmas cookie, but not sweet. No, yeah. But it has that Christmas flavor. I've had a yeah. few beers in my life where I'm like, that just that tastes like Christmas. Well, this surprised me. <laughs> I, I had one early, earlier Is today. Is it the pine? It, maybe or the barley maybe uh i had one earlier today i tried it for the first time and uh, i was surprised because you know i read winter ale and you know the first thing that comes to my mind is the breckenridge brewing winter or christmas ale it almost has like make. a uh, so i was expecting to be like that and it's not too different from it has that, a bit of a but, caramel note yeah i i i guess that combination it has like a sweet note at the end yeah. No, but I, it's not overbearing. It's good. I, I think I, this is a pretty fantastic beer. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try one of those loggers. Definitely I've a beer you want to. I'm gonna try one of that in a bit. Definitely a sipping beer. It is thick. Yeah, it, it feels like I'm drinking molasses. That's the, the first thing I thought was <laughs> I go. Well, that's not. But a in crush, a good way. That's not a crushable beer. But that's no. not a bad thing. Well, uh, winter ale isn't really supposed to be. No, no. Yeah. But um, they say uh, you know inspire you to face the elements, and I I'm thinking right now if I were if I were out on a cold winter day, you were, I were going. If I were snowshoeing, or if I were going winter camping, this would, would be, be a, a comforting. This would be a good beer to a have. Comforting beer. Yeah, this would be good. Uh, yeah, and I've got. Um, I've yeah, had. Yeah, it we got. Before. We got lots of stuff today. A lot to of share. Yeah, a lot of cool Viking <laughs> stuff. In fact, ever since I discovered this particular mead, which is a famous drink mm. of the Vikings, and they're. Yeah. Mead halls and their longhouses, which, which is interesting because th- it's hardly unique to Scandinavian culture. No, but from what like, we know, they did like drinking like, a lot. Like At we, least that's like what we pop know, culture. We tells know us. that like they drink made drink mead in Egypt and in yeah. like Mesopotamia made mead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but but it's yeah, it's synonymous with it's synonymous Vikings. with Vikings. Yeah, imagine you're in a longhouse after a. Uh, a big uh, war party, you know? Yeah. Well, from what I understand, like their day-to-day drink would have been more like an I ale. An ale, uh, yeah. But, that would be, but the but celebration. Mead was either for if you were rich or for, yeah, A big feast, stuff. yeah. Because Vikings and, love to do their feasts. Man, I want to get a Viking drinking horn. That's like the Christmas gift I want. I already oh, told my girlfriend I want nice. a Viking drinking horn. Yeah. You can pick the style, but I want one. <laughs> I, do, I do want one. With yeah. the stand. Oh yeah, like a they do proper have the, horn. They do have the ones that have the um, <laughs> the the like satchel. Um, yeah, 
they they also make strap. ones that are like rounded off on the bottom, well, yeah, so they, have they the can sit like a cup. Horn tankards. Yeah, but I, I want the horn. I want a horn tankard. Personally. The tanker would be cool, but I want the horn just so I I have to have the setup. Yeah, and I have to be like, wait, let me make space for a table. Here's my stand. Here's my horn. You know what we should do? We but you can here. you can't get the ones where you put the cover on top and then you carry it with you on your side. Uh, you know what we should do this winter <laughs> so. sometime? Uh, you and me and, and uh, our girlfriends and our friends should have a Viking feast. We should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Thanksgiving, but Vikings. Yes. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, I am enjoying, and you've had it before, and we've had it mm-hmm. off the podcast, but... This is the best time to introduce it. It's Viking Blood. One of the best meads I've ever tried. It's really good. It's a Nordic honey wine with hibiscus and hops added. Mm. But don't worry, it's not overbearing with the hops. I know yeah, they can I've, ruin a mead. I've I ha- I've had a couple meads that are hopped and they really overdid it with the hops. And it's a pretty cool bottle, cool logo, and it says it's based on a and we got our pictures up on Instagram at AudrunkPod. Don't worry about it. You'll get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, based on a recipe from about the year 1700, so not Viking Age. Yeah, but still, still um, <laughs> old, though. Yeah. Still, yeah. Pretty cool. So Viking blood. The world's oldest fermented beverage made from honey has been a popular drink from Europe to Australia, dating back long before Viking times. One of the earliest references to the fermented honey can be found in the Hindus of India's holy books, the mm-hmm. Veda books, which date back 4,000 years and possibly even earlier than that. Yeah. So that goes me- back to your me point. It really is one of the oldest drinks in human history. The oldest known recipe for me. Because honey ferments so easily. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, that just does that. Yeah. It's just natural. Uh, the oldest known recipe for me to be written down in Nordic countries was in 1520 by the Archbishop. Ulus Magnus. The recipe comprised of water, honey, hops, and brewer's yeast concludes that on the eighth day it may be drunk, but the longer it's left, the purer and better it will be. Mm. Our products are brewed based on a recipe from about the year 1700, and the ingredients are pure and 100% and natural, guaranteed free from the additives of any kind. Honey is the major and most important item in the recipe, as it should be. Yeah. And this is out of Denmark. So nice, proper, proper imported. Yeah, we got some Icelandic uh, drinks. We got some Danish drinks. Yeah, you know, all good stuff. Here's a fun. We talk about old drinks. All here's, Viking countries. Here's a fun thing I learned today. Actually, the What's oldest that? name of a person that we have recorded. Muhammad. No, probably not. No, that's one of the most no. common names. Oh, I don't remember what the name actually is. Um, it, but that doesn't matter. Um, so like, but you don't know what it back, is. So back, that's back in Mes- guys. back in like Mesopotamia when they were first like uh, starting to record stuff on clay tablets. Yeah, um, they would uh, put uh, their name in the corner of the tablet sometimes, and the oldest one we have of one of the of someone recording their name is of a guy who was like an accountant for a temple that made beer. <laughs> He was Wait. a he was a brewer, and, and apparently we have we have a couple brewery. tablets from him, and uh, he was also not a very smart guy because he fucked up on his math and stuff. Oh, of course, on the tablets, yeah. and he <laughs> so it was a, a I mean, no calculators back. Basically, then. a distributor. <laughs> nice, a, a beer distributor. A beer distributor was is the it's the oldest recorded name like we have like named person. 
I love that's um, one of the first that things we, know we thought what about they were actually recording called. information on. Yeah. For your, uh, your business. So, yeah, we got Iceland. We got Denmark. Denmark and we Dance. got Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere can make me. Um, I got... Uh, well, I was listening to this. From, from Redstone Meadery, the traditional mountain honey wine. It's good shit. I heard somewhere on a podcast where this guy was talking about how... A radio host, I forgot who, was um, arguing the fact that um, bourbon, only real bourbon only comes from Kentucky. No. That's complete bullshit. It can come from anywhere. It's just a process. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of which you make bourbon. Like, there's plenty of bourbons that are from Kentucky. Just like and there's still bourbon. No, there, exactly. There are rules you have to follow to call it bourbon. But it has it's not it has like, nothing to do where it's from. Yeah. There are some drinks that are like that. That are Te- regional. Tequila, for example, is in Jalisco in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, scotch, I think, has to be made in Scotland, right? I I'm think, unsure about that. I don't that know if one. it has to be. I'm I'm unsure about that but, one, but I thought to call it scotch. I think it does have to be. You have to make it. It in could Scotland. be exactly the same thing, but you couldn't call you, it scotch. You would scotch. call it like a malt. Yeah, whiskey. just malt whiskey. Yeah. Um, but scotch is Scotland. I think that's one that yeah. Depends. Bourbon is not like that. No. Yeah. Um, I got to say about the the the. Viking, now Kentucky's the, great at making bourbons. My favorite bourbons come from Kentucky. They're like famous for it, yeah. but that doesn't so, mean yes. Like no, literally, my favorite bourbons are Kentucky bourbons. Yeah. Basil Hayden, I think, for the price, is the best bourbon you could possibly buy. It's like forty bucks on average. Varies a little bit, but for under fifty bucks, Basil Hayden is absolutely the best bourbon you can buy, and it is made in Kentucky. Nice. Um, nice. I do love the bottle with the Viking blood. It's like a thick, and it's like old it's school bottle. Um, it feels like a bottle you would pull out of a a cellar in a monastery. Yeah, and it has a Viking you longship know. on it. Yeah. So I got I got the redstone. Or is that just a standard redstone bourbon? meadery? Uh, this is <clears throat> Minecraft. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is out of I think Boulder, Colorado. Minecraft yeah, is made yeah. by a Viking. Boulder, basically. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Norwegian. Mm, I think he's from Sweden. Not Sweden. I think he's from Sweden. I don't remember. Or is he Danish? I don't think he's Danish. I think it's Sweden. It's Sweden or, or Norway. Norway. I'm not totally sure. Um, yeah. So this is a traditional. This is a pretty like basic mead. Whereas uh, Viking blood is a fancy mead with like a historical recipe and hops and stuff like this. This is just a straight, basic, like honey wine type of thing. Uh, and it, uh, I'm just going to read the ingredients. Uh, Colorado water, orange blossom honey, wildflower honey, mountain yeast, and love. And love. It says in, in bold letters. The most important ingredient. Uh, no, it's really honey. But uh. and, and I, I, you know, I've tried a couple things from Redstone Meadery. I've I haven't not, tried that one yet. I've though. tried. They have a carbonated mead, like a sparkling one. Yeah. That's a little bit cheaper. I tried that. I wasn't a huge fan. That sounds a li- I, I, I'm not a big fan of sparkling wine yeah, in general, well, like well, champagne. Well, you it know. wasn't super sparkling, actually. It oh, was, really? It was uh, subtle? It was, it was subtle. And also, you know how like some meads go a little bit too hard on the hops and it's a little bitter? It went too hard. It was like that. Mm. This one doesn't. It doesn't go too hard on anything. It's kind of a good balance. No, we were talking 
and about it's, this. And it's only like $22 a bottle, which for me is very reasonable. Yeah, Viking Blood is a little bit more up there. It's closer to 40 depending on where you get it. Yeah. I got it for $35.99. Nice. It's a good deal. But um, no, mead, we were talking about this earlier. Mead is one of those drinks where it's not... It doesn't have to be sweet, or it's not always going to be sweet. Yeah. But I do prefer my mead to be on the sweeter side. I do like sweeter. I liked it. I yeah. like it to taste like mead yeah. and not more like just white wine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of because I'll just get white wine. Uh, meadery of the Rockies out of. Um, We've had them on the show. It's also Colorado. I think it's Loveland. I think it's Loveland, and yeah, I we've had them a few times wrong. on the show. Um, and that's and that's <laughs> that's the baseline of like the profile of meat that I like. Yeah, um, that was my first meat there are I've ever had. Way better meads I've tried, but like as far as like the general style of mead, that's like kind of along the lines. Well, of yeah, they I have prefer. their light sweet mead, um, which it's more closer to the taste profile yeah. of a white wine. And the this and bo- then they have their medium. This sweet, bottle which has is a bottle I can reuse. Because it has one that of those is nice. cool like uh, pop tops. I still got to make my um, crystal head vodka into something. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I still have some vodka left, but Th- I... this is a pretty basic mead, though. It's there's I I think the way I describe it, like Viking blood, it's got character. It's it's very much a sipping mead. It's it's no, it really is a sipping. It's mead. like you don't wanna... it's a mead. You take a sip and you appreciate the flavors, and it's very good. Um, this one, the Redstone Meadery, is very much just drink it in one night. A base, <laughs> if you want, if you want, you it's could. only twelve percent. It's not that bad. Yeah, but it's be... very much a basic mead. Nothing, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's though. nothing wrong with that. No, it's but it's it's you know it's nothing special about it. It's just basic. It's just if you want a baseline for what mead kind of tastes like, and you've never tried mead before, this is a good one. If you've tried mead before, buy the Viking Blood. Challenge yourself a little bit. Yeah. You know? Challenge your <laughs> taste buds. Yeah, with some Viking You'll blood. be rewarded. No blood included, though. No, yeah, that, that yeah. actually is false advertising. <laughs> I wanted to say that it had um, Eric the Red's blood in it or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's blood. what we're drinking. That took a while for us to get through. That's not there, a tangent point. But there was a lot for us to get through. So, you know, it was, it you was know worth it. And... I guess I'm going to have to uh, mention this every episode until I stop caring or I forget. We do tangent point system now. And basically, if you go on a tangent, either of us are as a group. Mm -hmm. It usually ends up as a group. Someone has to start it, though, usually. Um, And this only counts when you have start. We have started the topic of discussion officially. We're done with intro. We're done with what we're drinking. And I think most of what we said there was mostly on topic. Yeah, uh, and um, we, but just basically, took a, we just took a while with it. We've reworked the system since it first appeared, and if you get three points, you have to take a shot that episode, mm-hmm. or you could veto the shot, but you have to take the shot at the start of the next episode, Yeah, but your points reset. Yeah. Either way, your points reset when you take the shot. And I don't know how many vetoes we get. I guess it's like if we uh, really don't feel like do taking we have, a shot. Do we have points already right now? or um, It's reset. It's, it's reset. reset. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> we've got a lot that. to drink here right now, and I want to be... I don't want to get into a shot quite yet. No, that would that wouldn't mix well with <laughs> what we're drinking. But anyways, so yeah, we're going to be talking about Vikings. And before we get into the... 
history and the main points we brought up, I want to yeah. tell you guys about. And Colton has to see this. Yeah, I've not, I know what you're about to say, and I haven't watched it yet. Last night, I finally got around to watching The Northmen, by Robert, Egg, directed by Robert mm-hmm. Eggers, same guy that did The Lighthouse and The Vivitch. Uh, <laughs> and he is known, if you've seen any of his movies or heard anything about it, he really helped put A24 on the map. Now they're like a profitable um, yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And they're making a lot of good movies now, like... Um, the uh, multiverse one, uh, everything everywhere at once or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. great movie. That's a twenty four movie and that's an action romp. But uh, the Northman, yeah, it's very much in the same kind of s- cinematography and style of uh, his earlier works, uh, where it's it's a historical setting and they use as many like as much historical accuracy as possible, like all the costumes, armor. I've heard it's good is, as far is, as like historical accuracy goes. Now, I mean, I was thinking about this earlier. Well, it's historical fiction. Historical but, accuracy. There, there's, uh, there should always be room for creative liberties. Yeah. Anyone who says otherwise is being a grump. You still got to make a um entertaining yeah. movie. But I, but I've heard. But it, it always, it's like when when it's clear they made an effort. Robert Eggers always and, does, and he always does. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lighthouse. And I've heard know. I've heard the Northmen is actually like exceptionally good at that too. Yeah, like there's no horns to be seen on helmets. Don't worry about that. And yeah, all the costumes, armor, and just even the shit the peasants wear, the the shit that the heathens wear, uh, like a different Viking subclass. Yeah, that's a thing. And <laughs> and the and what I really appreciate about it, like all the settings, like the forts, the longhouses aren't overdone it's very modest it's something that you could exist back in the 900s if, if like I, they didn't like go skyrim be like this is a gigantic longhouse it's not like lord of the rings where yeah. like, everything's like exaggerated no it's if, if i ever, down to earth. if i ever however if i'm ever rich and i own like a lot of property and like the woods and stuff like that i'm gonna build a longhouse yeah yeah why wouldn't you property definitely however <laughs> I, I do not want to give too much away about this movie. I'll just tell you who's in it and kind of the general gist of it. So, it's a star-studded cast, actually, starring Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, Nicole Kidman, Ooh. Bill Skarsgård. I knew he was in it, yeah. And um, Ethan Hawke. I love Ethan Hawke. Anna, Anna Taylor-Joy. She oh, One good. of her debut movies was actually The Witch with Robert Eggers. She was the... The like young girl that got she ended up being a witch. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but she's in it and she's a Slavic like slave at first. Huh. Okay, that's a slight spoiler. But anyways, uh, <laughs> it's it's basically it starts out. You think you know how Robert Eggers seems like it's going to be pretty realistic at first. Then it goes crazy. And then it gets like weird. with the lighthouse. Yeah, and it has a lot of the lighthouse type moments. I mean, Willem Dafoe's in it, and he's basically he's doing <laughs> a Viking version of his character because he's like a a jester slash like witch, Viking oh, witch, okay, or shaman or whatever they called him. And he's in it. And he has a real fun time with it. I mean, it's clear. I always and love Bill Skarsgård is huge, and he's great as like a revenge hate field. Bill Skarsgård has like proven himself to be like 
such a versatile actor. No, and he's not yeah. just a brute in it. He does end up showing some humanity due to story reasons. Even Hawk, he's a Viking chieftain. Yeah. He's basically the Jarl. Even <laughs> Hawk, I gotta say, uh, he he's been having a resurgence uh, in Moon Knight. Obviously, Oscar Isaac was amazing, but Ethan Hawke was also so good. In it. Yeah, yeah, he was. I love. I, I like. I like Ethan Hawke a lot. Yeah. yeah, I've always liked Ethan Hawke. And Nicole Kidman, she's a Viking queen. Also, Ethan Hawke's daughter is Robin in Stranger Things. Yeah, and Ethan Hawke Uma and Uma Thurman. Thurman. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. together. I, I didn't realize forgot. that until the other day. <laughs> it makes sense when you look because at it. Because I saw now. an interview with him where he was saying like he's getting to the point now where he'll be like out with his daughter. And I know they've she, always had a private relationship. And she will get recognized instead of him. Oh yeah, because Stranger Things. Yeah. I mean it's huge. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's <laughs> Which a is funny. Star-studded cast, and it's got great cinematography. And yeah, he throughout the whole film, besides some more artistic scenes, that's all I'll say. It uses natural lighting, just candlelight, torchlight, sunlight, moonlight, mm-hmm. or at least gives the illusion of that. I didn't look up all the because we're not doing an episode on it, so I didn't think I had to, but I didn't look up the behind the scenes. But, like, watching the movie, like, they're walking through muddy streets within, like, their little kingdom. Yeah. And it's real mud. Like, you can tell it's nasty, it's dirty, it's cold, it's wet. And most of the movie, it starts out in the mainland, like, in the border between Sweden and what would be Russia, just the Slavic states at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, states that... <laughs> Territory, territories, territories like yeah, city I, kingdoms complicated especially you know how when you germany get... was like a thousand little kingdoms yeah it's like it's like you do you think international <laughs> politics is complicated now think about it back then yeah where <laughs> germany was like a thousand kingdoms no but it starts out there but then throughout his journey he ends up in iceland and that's mm. where the majority of the movie takes place yeah and volcanoes and and it's what I really love about it, and yeah, it's brutal. The action, brutal. Like, it's not, and it's a very, a lot of it's not like a romanticized violence. It's a nonchalant violence. Yeah. Like, you just see a oh, yeah. uh, Viking raider guy just bash a guy in the head with his axe. Like, it's in the background, but it's not, like, filmed in a way where it's glorifying it. It's just there. You, you know, and, that's that's interesting. You know, I had a professor... You know him, uh, Dr. Martin. Yeah. And he uh, he once told us, uh, studying the Middle Ages, it's what he specializes in, um, which Viking Age falls into the it Middle Ages. It falls in, yeah, it would be early. Early Middle Ages, Middle yeah. Ages, yeah. Um, and he would always say, like, oh, we, we look back in the Middle Ages and we go, it's super violent. But you got to think, for example, you got to think as a historian, you got to think, was it violent though? nowadays? Was it violent? Well, not not comparing it now today's, but like, what did they consider violence? Right. You know, it's a different violent, standard. The the way they thought about it was different than how we think about it now. So, like, yeah. Well, in either way, I mean, yeah, you may consider uh, fighting with axe and sword and shield and pole arms to be more barbaric than a gun but a gun can kill a lot more people in a short period of time yeah exactly you could get into yeah. that whole argument I, you made what it, that, is more humane I think, I the think, thing that can kill one guy at a time or 
Yeah, I th- I think 100. I think your example there is perfect. You you put it perfectly. Yeah, um, um, it's and 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 they lived in an era. Plus they didn't have nukes back then. <laughs> they didn't have nukes. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or ballistic <laughs> missiles or uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, drones. You know, so what is more violent or yeah. not? Well, I don't want to get too political here. Well, it's all it, and and it uh, does, it does play into like sense of justice as well, mm-hmm. where people go like, okay, do you well, think there's a different sense do, of justice? Well, like you talk to a modern person, you go like, okay, what's more violent, a thug on the street stabbing someone or a police shooting a guy with a gun? Yeah, what's more violent? Most people say the guy stabbing the street. They're both. Someone get they're killed. They're both violent. They're both. It's both. They're both technically equally as violent, the but because laws behind it, the justification. But because of our the, sense of justice, the, we think ethics, that one is more yeah, violent than others. So when you go back to the Middle Ages, you think about okay, what what did they think was acceptable? What was not well, acceptable? No, but like all have, that sort of stuff. It's it's, so it's how, just kind of something to think about. The violence starts out very nonchalant, where it's just like it's not really. Yeah, there is cool moves like early on that Bill Skarsgård does. He throws a spear at a guy in a fort, and that's pretty sick. Nice. And Vikings used all kinds of weapons: spears, axes, whatever they could get a hold of. And swords, while they were used, were extremely expensive and were used for only the most either just noblemen, knights. Well, I mean, other soldiers would a good sword. Some, though some soldiers would have swords. But you make a good point. But how did they get it? Well, yeah, yeah. How you did ma- they acquire but, that? But sword? also, in battle, I mean, th- th- there's a difference. Historically, this is a misconception. Historically, swords were not primary weapons. No, they were personal weapons. Yeah, it. Well, and also, with, with their exceptions, the Romans famously used swords. And in I have battle. an exception I'm going to talk um, about. Uh, but no, swords were. It's not like the end-all, be-all weapon. In fact, the steel and iron... Well, the iron that they used was so inferior at the time, with some exceptions, I'm going to talk about that later, that Mm -hmm. swords were prone to shatter, they would be hard to repair if they get bent, if it doesn't have enough carbon, if it has too much carbon and it was shattered too little, it will just bend easy, you know. It was a very precise thing to make. However, an axe head, it doesn't matter. You put it on a stick. A spearhead. You put yeah. it on a stick. Yeah. Sp- spears were the most... <laughs> and they were easy to use, easy to teach peasants to spears use, Spears were the most po- popular weapon throughout all of history. Yeah, well, because it's easy. Bar none. Like, they are by it's far... Long. It's easy. You have range. No competition. The most popular weapon throughout we'll history. Be, until for the longbow. Every, for everything you... Even then, for everything you just said. Yeah, I mean, it's they're, just... They're it's cheap. Easy. You can arm lots of people. You can train them easily. Yeah, if if you, you know? were a chieftain back then and you were preparing for war and they were like, okay, you got to train these peasants. You want to be like, okay, here's swords. No. Yeah. Here's some spears. Well, you it's, poke it's people. It's like you see movies. You, you poke. You see weapons in movies. Hey, and you in, see the bad guys? Poke them you with see, your spear. You see weapons in movies and in, and in martial arts and stuff nowadays that you go, oh, that's a cool weapon. You take, for example, the yeah, spears um, the the, those hook swords that are popular in like Chinese you have martial arts and stuff like that. Those are cool. Extremely talented. And there is a historical precedent for using them in but real ha- as real weapons. You would have to be an expert. But You'd yeah, but like say, yeah, exactly. Say you were in charge. You were that's like decades. You're a warlord, and you were arming people, 
to be in your army. You hand them spears, axes. What, what are you going to do? Give them spears and axes? Axes also And easy. shields? Or you're going to tr- uh, spend to the money a... to make a bunch of uh, hook swords and then train <laughs> all of them? That's Where ridiculous. they kill themselves with Yeah, them. that's ridiculous. No, you're <laughs> yeah. going to give them spears and shields and stuff. Yeah. And but, bow and uh, arrows. <laughs> before we get a... Well, I think it's related. but Back to the Northmen, though. Yeah, the violence, it's very brutal, but it's also weirdly casual at first. Mm. The, <laughs> all I'll say, it starts out where it's just going to be a purely like just historical m- fiction movie. Yeah. No fantasy elements. But <laughs> as we know, Robert Eggers, well, I mean, we know, I mean, he did a movie about a witch where it started out where it, it, maybe the witch, it, the witch isn't real. It's just what the people believed at the time is just hysteria, mass hysteria. And then, like, with the lighthouse, it's like, they're just two men getting drunk at a lighthouse. In it, fact, we don't even know if anything uh, yeah, weird did happen. I was actually happen. about to say, to be fair, they were the lighthouse. Kerosene. Yeah, they but were. But weird they, things yeah. showed up on screen. Yeah. Mermaids. They were drinking kerosene, though. Eldritch. It's totally possible that the entire, <laughs> all the weird stuff was their hallucinations. Eldritch horrors, all that kind of thing. <laughs> well, the Northmen really caught me off guard, but this is why I love it. And I, I won't say much more. Yeah, it's got great action, great di- and like the dialogue. Yeah, they speak just English most time, but they speak it in a, the old English like dialect. And they also will start speaking Slavic or uh, Danish or Icelandic, and it'll have subtitles, yeah, um, yeah. which is cool. But um, it ends up being one of the coolest. Well, I don't want to give it, it, it turns into a Viking saga. Nice, like it's nice. <laughs> there. <laughs> I want you to see it because there's some, all I'll say. This is the one little hint, <laughs> the one little hint yep. to a scene in this movie. I will not say what it is, but I'll say what it reminds me of Skyrim. When you go into a dungeon, that's all Ooh, I'm going to say. Cool, cool. There's a scene where he goes into a Skyrim dungeon, basically. Cool. And you know what happens in there. Don't does, say it. Does he turn the little the little stones that have the whale and the snake and the <laughs> eagle on them? Oh, yeah, that exact thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, and uh, all the acting's great. I mean, Ethan Hawke, he's, a, he's Bill Skarsgård's father. He's okay. a chieftain, and he basically tells him, like, hey, if I get killed or anything, you have to avenge me or you won't go to Valhalla, cause, and I want to go to Valhalla, and you have to carry that honor forward even after i die you know and that's a type of thing they did believe in like you had to die in battle to go to valhalla yeah at least but here and we're gonna get to it but not all norsemen or scandinavians at that time especially in the later viking age like Mm -hmm. 10 10th or 11th century um were believed in the norse gods that shifted yeah, well, uh, the clash, the clashing, with, clashing with Christianity, the and, Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, and lot some Nor- so a lot of Norse people converted. Started to Christianity. converting, and it's it's implied that you you take uh, Rollo the Walker and actually Beowulf, which I haven't done a lot of research on, but I mean I know about this. I've read the story, I've seen the, the movie actually. Weird uh, movie. I still kind of like it, but it's got kinda, that weird animation, yeah, the I Polar do, Express animation, Robert I kinda, Zemeckis. I kind of like it too, but yeah, it's it's weird. But it's, it's fucking weird. That's what makes it hard to watch. But I do actually like it as a movie, just as a Viking saga. Yeah, because it's Beowulf. It's a it's, Beowulf is a it's one of the story. stories that helped create 
like superheroes. It's, yeah, the 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 hero, the hero epic. Ep- yeah, and, and it was um, a poem. And all of all of those Viking epics. So there's there's a few of them. There's ones like Beowulf, and there's the Icelandic uh, epics, mm-hmm. right? They were all written like in the 13th century, though, like no, at, well after the. I Viking think Beowulf age. was written. Yeah, I think it was. And also of course, 13th. Beowulf being a proper mythological tale. But there's a lot of um, there's a lot we can but, learn from it. But even about in, history. But even the Icelandic sagas, which claim that uh, real events, it's embellished. It more than embellished. Half <laughs> of it, half of it is mythological. Well, yeah, like the Odyssey, the Iliad, but then there's truth found in it's, those. Yeah, yeah, right? no, 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 no. It's it's one of those things where it's uh, you got to be careful in how you interpret it if you're as a historian. No, but, but the, like, the thing is, I as took, a historian, I, you I, should know this. I took a course on Roman. There's Roman so much history. you can learn from fiction that was written during the time or yeah. about a time. Yeah. Well, I took a course on Roman history, and we read uh, the Aeneid. Um, yeah, and that's which, is that Homer as well, or is it, no, no, that's not Homer. No, okay. no, not Homer. I don't remember who wrote it. Um, Virgil, Virgil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Aeneid is one of the two Roman origin stories, and which is interesting because they simultaneously yeah. believed in both. Uh, they fit together in a weird way. Um, but the Aeneid follows Aeneas, who was a survivor of Troy. He was a Trojan. And he, I feel like we've discussed this. He made his way to 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 Rome, etc. I'm not going to go over the story, but the point is, it's totally mythological. But, but there's we a found lot out you can. That Troy is real, and that there was a war. Yeah, yeah, it, but it's totally the the story is totally mythological. Yeah. Um, but you can learn a lot from it. You can learn a lot knowing about that the Virgil was writing during the time of Augustus. Yeah, and there's a lot you can infer. Yes. Yeah. So there's Subtext. a lot of stuff he put in Where's there referencing that he referenced Augustus. Augustus. He was not just telling the story; he was also um, legitimizing Augustus's of, reign yeah. through it. It's so there's a lot you can learn from more it was about almost a political commentary. Yeah, you can learn about the time of Virgil. No, exactly you know. same kind of thing. And then with uh, man, I was gonna say something about Be- uh, with Beowulf. When you actually read Beowulf, a lot of it alludes to Christian ideas and mm-hmm. things from the Bible. Yeah. And it kind of blends at old Norse gods, but then it kind of shows how the conversion to Christianity had begun. Well, correct me if I'm Beowulf's wrong, Beowulf time. is a much older story than the written version we have. Yeah, but that was but a common thing in the middle. Mentions a- of there's a common thing in the Middle uh, Ages of like Christ- the sword he finds to kill Grendel's mother. Mm-hmm. I forget what the sword's called. It's something really cool, but <laughs> but yeah. it's I remember it's the sword from the time of the giants, and that's also in North mythology. But um, it directly references like um, the flood, the great flood, hunting, hunting, yeah. Yeah, something like I don't know. And I'm bad at pronouncing he, uh, old English stuff. Which Beowulf is an the, the version we have is an old English. Uh, it like, is old English. Yeah, yeah the version yeah. we have. Yeah. yeah, obviously it's older and is Norse in its origins, but the actual earliest written version we have is old English. Yeah, and the time period it takes place in, like the 
mid to late isn't it 900s something like that something like that that is a time where um many norsemen were starting to convert or at least christianity was there and there would be christian slaves and everything and also say what you will about assassin's creed valhalla one it does I, do that. One thing I did like is they have a dynamic between the the Norse uh, religion and Christianity. Yeah, they they present that as a thing that's going on, which is nice. But um, but yeah, the Northmen. <laughs> I yeah, I definitely recommend it. It uh, it kind of gets a little bit mixed reviews. It wasn't as revered as uh, Edgar's other works. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, it, I, it goes. I will. It, it becomes a Viking saga. Like it goes nuts. I definitely want to watch it. Yeah. But the fight scenes, the court, the sword choreography, and just all that, and he ends up. They reference a historical sword, actually, Ooh. not by name, but just the idea of it. Cool. And it's actually something I'm going to talk about for this episode. Cool, cool. And if you got anything else to talk about, you can say that. What do you want to talk about? If not. You know what uh, is your first topic? You know, or do you want I, me to? Yeah, I think I think I think it's time to jump. What is in. your first Viking jump? Well, I fact I, or I, topic. I, I you texted me and said like last week you were like let's talk about Vikings and I said that's an awesome idea and I was thinking because the way we do these episodes if you don't know is we both we come up with a topic and we both go home and separately do our research. Yeah. So we're coming together sometimes with similar stuff, but sometimes with different stuff. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a surprise. And then when um, we can't come up with anything else, we'll do. So I immediately, I just qu- a Nat Geo. I went quiz. down a yeah. <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I went. I, I I learned a bit about the uh, the Landian Guard, which we already touched on a little bit. Uh, Tell us more about it. Uh, I think there's that's all I had to say about okay, it. Okay, well, but mercenaries. I. I thought it would be it would be useful to Viking talk to, talk, to give some context of Empire. people use the term the Viking Age. I don't think that's and I think it'd be useful wrong. right now to give some context to that. What is the Viking? What age? is the Viking? Yeah, age? tell us about so it. So the accept the I mean, accept, we kind of yeah the accepted uh, range of dates is about seventeen ninety or. When we seven ninety. I, I don't know if we mentioned <laughs> this on the last episode, but I rem, I remember having this discussion. Like I was talking about the Renaissance, and you're like, "Oh, there's no Renaissance age," but if you're specifically talking about Italy, Italy during yeah. that time period, you could be like, "Yeah, the Renaissance." Yeah, the Italian era. Renaissance. That's yeah. absolutely a fair thing to say. And with the Viking Age, obviously, it wasn't yeah. the Viking Age. Across the world, like okay. Well, well there's even it a difference in the region. Viking Age in England and in France. Yeah, or Frankia, F- Frankia at the time. Uh, so, so the I'm gonna get. I'm just gonna go over a little timeline here. Yeah, give us a timeline. Uh, you know, 793, kind of the accepted beginning of the Viking Age, and that's because this is the time period where Vikings were making their way into England and in Scotland and Ireland. And starting, and I, I and there, there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on there. We weren't quite a massive issue yet. Yeah, but they, that would be they were late, set, a couple were, hundred years they later. They were they were doing stuff there. They yeah. Were, they were active. And I mentioned like uh there's a lot of towns in uh in the British Isles that um are that oh they oh they can date back. Oh oh to Vikings. You take because yeah. because I mentioned, you know, Vikings, they would settle but they would do this thing where you know they they weren't conquerors. No, and that kind of 
that relates to so, one of my things. Yeah, they um, they weren't conquerors, and depending on where they were, in some cases they just assimilated into where they were. Yeah, were. they would settle, start living there. But in some places, such as in the British Isles, why you have a lot of similarities between in cultures there as you do to Scandinavia and that whole region mm-hmm. is because uh, the Danes and Norsemen and all that sort of all of them were a majority. They, at or, that time, or not a majority, but they but weren't. They, were they weren't just a small a group of people. Of the yeah. So, so their culture, and you, they, and they would take towns. They would move in, and towns would turn into big trading meccas. One example being Dublin. Yeah. Dublin was likely a small fishing village before Vikings showed up, and it became. I mean, it's the be- capital of Ireland. Yeah, and it became even by the end of the end of the tenth uh, century, it was a massive town. Mecca, um, and to the point of the Dubliners were able to actually kick out the Vikings because, <laughs> funnily enough, because they were there was a large enough town, there were enough of them that they were able to go, We don't want you here, no yeah. More. And that kind of brings me back to, yeah, misconception about Vikings. I'm, I'm gonna try one of these Icelandic Arctic N- lagers, all right? Yeah, go try it. Norsemen, Scandinavians at the time during the Viking Age, that's They're, good, that's the medieval age. Um, That's good. Yeah. They weren't conquerors. No. Yeah. Yeah. They were. Yeah. They would raid, uh, you know, they would raid, you know, villages and churches. But they raided um, monasteries and stuff. Monasteries. Well documented. Yeah. But they would never really overstay their welcome. They would get the resources, whatever they want. Riches, slaves, yeah. and then they would head back home. Well, they're, they're, which I'm not saying that's. And also, yeah, slaves. There was always slaves throughout history. The Vikings had slaves. The English had slaves. The Egyptian. Everybody. There, okay. There, there's a there's a town in northern France. It didn't become a racialized thing until oh, yeah, yeah. the Americas. That's what um, I'm getting to. I'll, I hate I'll, it whenever I talk about. All I'll say about that is there's people always make the connection between like. Other cultures that have done slavery, and then um, well, what's so um, bad about let, American let, let, slavery? Let's just put it, it this it way: it became racialized. Is, That's what's so bad. It I, became I, an industry. I, I like to call it New World slavery. Yeah, New World slavery um, is a completely different thing. Yeah, it's and it's a lot worse. It's, it's, it's a massive scale. It's, it's barely industry. It is it's racialized. Ba- yeah, it's barely comparable at all to old world slavery. Yeah, it's that's what I'm yeah. trying to get to. Yeah, I think I think we can just leave that one. Out yeah, <laughs> it's an uncomfortable topic, but sometimes it, slavery we, sometimes is. we have to mention it. Yeah. Uh, um, but it, yeah, it's always existed. but but yeah, I mean, there's a town in uh, northern France. I I don't remember, but it was before like. Uh, Normandy was a big uh, trading mecca in Paris, and it was in northern France. And Ragnar Lothbrok, or maybe Ragnar Lothbrok, we'll get to maybe. That. Uh, <laughs> he stars um, in the invaded it, but they're show they're Vikings. Good show, by the way. I need um, to watch it. Eh? It is good. I like it. I quite watched a like lot. the first season. Um, but there, there's this town in northern France that and during, he was maybe during real. the time became. It was. Um, he was real, right? Or maybe, maybe, maybe probably, but maybe. We'll get we'll get to it. <laughs> I, I have some notes on Ragnar. Cool. Um, this town in northern France, though, it was a big target for Viking raids and stuff like that. But ironically, though, it became a huge. It it blew up in size because yeah. Where is this again? 
in northern France. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, and, and that that was a huge target. Yeah, yeah it was, so, <laughs> so it was getting targeted by Vikings, but ironically, it blew up in size and wealth because yeah, it was getting raids every once in a while. But, but also, they would also trade. But also these these Vikings that were the going, normal just that nice were going Vikings. around raiding other places, having all this wealth would bring it into this town. And it became wasn't it a mostly the hub. Norwegian Vikings that would raid France. Um, the Swedes, a lot of Danish Vikings. We think well, that Danish too. We Danish. think that if Ragnar Lothbrok was was Danish, Norwegian, but the he Swedes was, he they was mostly raided what would be Russia. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the Swede Vikings. I mean, hell, there, there's a uh, Bjorn Ironside, for example, who went down into the Mediterranean. He was raiding people well, in the Mediterranean. It's it's they, they would extend so far. They went everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in but, general, but yeah, we we know Ragnar Lothbrok if he existed. I think he probably did. We just know nothing about him because um, it's. It, he's, Do we know enough about him for a podcast? We know enough about the myth. Mm. Uh, he's one of those historical characters who were, if he existed, which I th- I think he did. Um, Do all most of, historians all of our he, he he so quickly descended into legend that pretty much all of our knowledge about him. None of it can be taken super seriously. Right. But I think he probably existed. It might as well just be a Viking saga. Yeah. No, it's seriously. No, it the, is. The, the, he is in the Viking <laughs> sagas. In the Icelandic sagas, Ragnar Lothbrok shows up. Oh. He's, in, he's in them. And, but you know, yeah. I um, mean, like you said with the Aeneid, and like I said with the Iliad, a lot of those things in these what we consider mythological yeah. stories, sagas, tales... Now th- there, a lot there, there are is found other, to be real. There are other Vikings from the next generation of Vikings that claim to be his sons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We think they weren't. <laughs> they just said that because um, the Hafton, reputation. Hafton Ragnar's son, uh, um, Ivar the the Boneless, etc. A lot of them. Um, a lot of fun names. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. No. Um, but getting back to the Viking Age, accepted. You know, seven ninety three. They were doing stuff in England, but they hadn't gotten to France yet. Now, this is an important part here. Uh, around this time period, Charlemagne was in power in Francia. Mm-hmm. Char- and Charlemagne, and getting to like people call it the Dark Ages, the Viking Ages, the Middle Ages, whatever. Um, an accepted thing, I mean, most accepted thing at the beginning of the, the Middle Ages was the fall of the Western Roman Empire, 476 AD. Um, some people claim that, you know, will argue though, because it's, it's debated when was the true beginning of the middle ages. Some people argue is when Charlemagne came to power in, uh, uh, yeah, I've heard that in, uh, 768. Um, and that corresponds with the Viking. Age. Yeah. Some people argue it's in the year 800 when he was crowned really Holy Roman emperor. That would make a lot, of, a lot of sense. You know, so, some some people go the, but the go, go the opposite way and 700s, say seven hundreds, early hundreds. Yeah, some people go the opposite way and say the Middle Ages start in three thirteen when uh, uh, Constantine the Great made Christianity illegal in Rome. I would um, say, but that uh, that's not that a, a lot of people buy into that one. Pro, like precursor, proto yeah. Middle Age, not quite Middle Age. Yeah, but but. But at least the the, Vi- the Viking the, Age in France. One of the things that led to the Middle Ages. Yeah. But the Viking Age in, like, I, I have to stop myself from saying France because this is Francia, Frankia. which included most of what Germany. What would be modern day France. Modern not, day France and also Germany. Yeah. Too. Um, uh, yeah, it was a massive uh, kingdom. 
towards the end of Charlemagne's life, he was pretty old when he died. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he... How um, old was he? I don't remember. Um, but he lived a good life. Like 50? No, I'm just kidding. Lot older than that. No, older no than I know. That. I'm yeah. just making yeah. But he lived a good life. Towards the end of his reign, there were, you know... Viking raiders coming down from England and from the northern uh, air territories, and uh, but some people go say the eight fourteen Charlemagne dies is the beginning of the end for his for the Carl Carlinian Empire basically mm. because immediately because there's there's he had um, uh, Louis the Pious was his son. And he kept control for a bit, but like it took like <laughs> twenty years at most until the entire Carolingian Empire went into civil war and just broke up. Just fell because just it was split among his sons and stuff like that. Um, but so, and some people point to so eight fourteen Charlemagne dies twenty years later, uh, eight thirty four, an invasion of Vikings comes in into Francia. Now, Frankish sources, we think, they don't say Ragnar Lothbrok, but we think if Ragnar Lothbrok was was real, That's what this was happened him. in the show. This was him, basically. Yeah. They use a different name, which I didn't write down in the Frankish sources, mm. but this was Ragnar Lothbrok. And, and this is the... Be- so, at least in Francia, this was the beginning of the Viking Age. When Charlemagne dies, essentially. But of course, it was going. So people say 793 because it was going on in England and stuff like that beforehand, because there was less of a power source. But Charlemagne, you know, was an emperor. He had a very powerful military. No, I think that. But when he died, his army suddenly just like stopped being able to defend from Vikings and stuff. Well, you know, Vikings could exist before the Viking Age. For something to be an age. There had to be a big impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like on our pirates episode, we were mostly talking about the golden age pirates. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is just this is a good here, a, very a short good thing here to, to point out that like the the fact that there's a difference between years on depending on what specific area of Europe even that you're in means that this was not just, very a, just a sudden suddenly Vikings showed up. No, it was Vikings had been around. No, but then Vikings and started just, gaining power. Because of other things, they were able yeah. to insert themselves more. Yeah, and become and, a more and, prominent. Yeah. And uh, have a more prominent role in yeah, the world. Yeah, so, so Ragnar, Loth- La- Ragnar Lothbrok, if, assuming this is Ragnar Lothbrok, which most people do, uh, he invades France. Uh, not long after that, he does make, he, he goes through some adventures and stuff. Like a like a hero does. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, a classic Ragnar adventure, you know. Uh, <laughs> and eventually, he makes his way down to Paris. Yeah, and that's that's in the show too. They show that it's very famous. Uh, apparently, he had a fleet, uh, a army of five thousand men, which for the time was massive. Uh, and that, he yeah, that is. Made his way down to Paris. And uh, the Especially king Europe. at the time, Charles the Bald, paid him a bunch of money to fuck off. And he did, did he? He did. Well, uh, well, uh, in the accounts, Ragnar disease got into his camp. 
So they were kind of they were doing really good, and then a disease, that would do a burden on then, your army. Then some disease yeah. hit, um, as it does <laughs> back in the Middle Ages. Yeah, like all the time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so Charles the Bald uh, paid him a bunch of money to fuck off, which was a is a common theme throughout this time period. And that's a smart of, move of a lot probably of probably Vi- a very a lot smart of Vikings move. showing up somewhere and a king going, "Here's a I'm gonna pay you like like Trailer Park Boys. I'm gonna pay you twenty bucks to fuck off." <laughs> yeah. That's essentially the Viking Age for you. Um, the, no, but uh, uh, interesting about Ragnar, they go back to uh, Denmark and... Uh, Wasn't this when silver was more profitable? Silver was, yeah, I think so. Uh, during this um, time period? So during this time period, Horik was king of the Danes. Yeah. Horik, and, and uh, according to the stories... Ragnar and his army went back to Denmark after being paid to fuck off. And they told all their stories. And Horak was like kind of on like decent terms with the Carolingian uh, kings and stuff like that. So Horak was like, no, 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 dude, 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 dude. Don't, don't, don't do, do that, that shit. Don't fuck with them, please. Uh, so apparently Horak uh, like executed a bunch of people and like exiled a bunch of people who were involved oh, wow. in the invasion. And some people think that... Was if, Ragnar one of... Ragnar apparently fucked off before Horik did that, though. Uh, he, like, knew it was going to Cor- happen. Again, according <laughs> to the stories. Um, and then... Um, and, it's and like so, when you so, know when you're getting get yeah. fired and, and so, some people uh, kind of attribute this, this mass exile to why a lot of Danish Vikings went and just settled in different parts. Yeah. Like, not, not doing Viking stuff. They just went and settled. Because they yeah. were they were like exiled and stuff. Uh, so well, yeah, you can't really do much Viking stuff. If you're so exiled. that's an important one. And then, um, so I, I have some dates here. Uh, yeah, know, what do you got? Seven. So events? that that was all happened in the seven thirties, seven forty through seven forty three. Civil war breaks out in the Carolingian Empire. Yeah, you mentioned that. And all the shit. Shit goes to shit. Shit hits the fan. Um, seven, uh, eight seventy two, and Harold Fairhair be, uh, begins to unify Norway. He's kind of an important guy. He uh, was the Norwegian king, right? Yeah, yeah, or he, would be. Yeah, the first. Uh, yeah, yeah. He unified unified Norway. Um, he's a, a kind of a big deal, and uh, but he I've heard. he gets into it. And, and I'm skipping over a lot of. He the, was in Valhalla, I think. He was, yeah, for like <laughs> one scene. scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I still haven't beaten that game or cared about beating it. It's just way too long. It, it, I am, and I like Vikings. I'm about ninety hours into the game, and I have not reached the final cutscene. Jeez, so I've kind of stopped playing. It's just I, a grind. I just went online and like spoiled it for myself. I'm so glad. I um, wanted to know what happened, but I was like, I'm getting tired of this game. I'm so glad Ubisoft is. Uh, they announced that they're going to start making more focused yeah. Assassin's Valhalla Creed games was like. The first every man's game. The first thirty hours or so of the game, I was super into it. No, and it's a really great world, and, and there are some really great parts to the game. <laughs> it's maybe just, I need to dip my toes in it again. I don't know. I don't know. It's just so so much, much grinding. It's so much of everything that it puts me off from it, and I just um, anyway. Um, so I'm skipping over a lot of the middle stuff here because I'm sure we're going to get to a lot of the middle stuff when we and the later to, stuff when you get to your stuff. Um, Some of my stuff's later. Um, but I, the end of the Viking Age is generally accepted as 1066. 
AD. Yeah, that's about right from everything I've what, researched. What, what, what I'm going to ask you a trivia question. What happened in 1066? There was a big old battle. Oh, there, was at, ma- there was many big But there was battles. a really big, at uh, a bridge. A, a Strant Bridge? Forget what it's called. I'm... I was reading about it earlier. So it's not a specific battle that why it's considered this. But it's considered to be a really epic Viking battle. No, that's not so why. So it's not a specific... But it, I know it was like 1060 when that happened. 1066 is considered the end of the Viking Age because that is when William the Conqueror sailed to England. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's... Yeah. that's, that's, that's because... <laughs> well, because... And I get into this. I... Um, we can, we we'll we'll come back to this because I want to give you a chance to talk. All right, um, but because uh, William the Conqueror is descended from Rollo the Walker, who was a Viking, uh, like warlord, um, he also invaded Paris, like Lothbrok oh. did. He is one of the one of the guys that put together a massive army and uh, um, went to Paris. But he was essentially um, played his hand in a way where he was given Normandy. Oh, wow. That's a big deal. his Viking followers became the Normans. And and this is an example. Yeah, I always knew the Normans. Yeah, Rolo is a cool example of how I mentioned that sometimes Vikings assimilated into the culture they were in. So the Normans were, I mean, they went on to become the one of the fiercest fighting forces in all of Europe. Yeah. Because they were Vikings who adopted Frankish culture and war tactics. They adopted mm-hmm. cavalry. They started speaking French. Yeah, Vikings weren't known for their cavalry. Yeah, so they were people with the metal of Vikings. And they could speak, but and with train heavy and... cavalry. Yeah. <laughs> so they be and uh, so ten and yeah, there were so many and, horse riders. Yeah, and uh, some but... Rolo does actually show up in Valhalla as well. Oh, really? Yeah, Valhalla. Like, hey, Valhalla does. Does he teach of, you how to ride a horse? I don't remember. Uh, Valhalla is a weird <laughs> or game. Speak French. Is a weird game. It's the most historically inaccurate of any Assassin's Creed game because it just shoves all these pe- people into exactly a small so little like, time well, period. So like, well, 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 these it's Assassin's Creed games, it. none of them are super historically accurate, but they at least keep Fall to a very within... specific thing. Valhalla is. It goes. Just... Oh, Viking Age. We're gonna cover everything from like 800 to yeah, the end. Pretty much. Um, it's exactly what it's, there's a word for it. To 1100. There's almost. a word for it when a, sh- when a show or movie or video game does Well, that's that. what Rings of Power is doing with, uh, Tolkien's mythology. Well, no, because, because Rings of Power is not a real time period. So it, no, but this word it's doesn't a apply to fictional that. time period. No, no, it, it still doesn't apply. Uh, so there's, that's a, there's an actual word for when you take, when you kind of, there's anachronism, which is when you have something that's out of place. In a, like a historical thing, so like yeah, that's but when... that's not for the whole thing. It's I don't remember the word for it. Um, so a really good example is the show Archer. You ever watch that? Yeah, that's like um, so they dress the cartoon act. Yeah, the cartoon sixties. See, they dress and act like that, but they also have computers and there's Russian and oligarchs and the Soviet Union doesn't exist. So like Does it modern. take place in the 60s or, is or, in, the, or in the 90s? Or in the 90s, Who yeah. fucking knows? It just doesn't give a shit and it's keeps a, going. Yeah. Valhalla does that. Yeah, where it just blurs time It's just frames. Everything periods. from the Viking Age crammed into Well, what's the, the word for that? I don't remember. I um, Well, I know, yeah, if, obviously. If you're listening to this and you can remember the word for that, 
shoot us a message. And good on you. Because there's a word for it. I heard it once. Hit us up. And I cannot remember, and I couldn't find it today. Um, (laughs) No, but uh, what I was going to say just real quick, that's exactly what they're doing, though, with Tolkien's work. Yeah, yeah, They're with the rings of power, the yeah. timelines. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it technically the word wouldn't apply to that because it's not it's a, fictional. It's, but it's still, completely fictional. Yeah. They're doing the same thing. Yeah, and it sucks. Uh, <laughs> I well, yeah. I need to give it another chance. I've missed out on the last few episodes. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I have eight seventy six. Rolo the Walker attacks Rowan, in which is in, became the capital of uh, Normandy. Uh, and ten years later, in eight eighty five, he attacks Paris. And and there's a couple fun stories about Rolo that were like that were written like a couple generations later, likely yeah. to please one of his the the ruler of Normandy at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, one is that he was so he's Rolo the Walker is what he was called, and apparently he was called Rolo the Walker because he was so stout that he couldn't ride a horse, <laughs> so he had to walk everywhere. Um, and and the other story is that um, so the the king of uh, Western uh, uh, Frankie at the time West, uh, was was uh, Charles the Simple. Charles the Simple. He later on went on to be known as like an example of how not to be a king. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay, but why um, was he simple? Because he was bad at being king. But he actually, <laughs> but he's also responsible for. Um, Giving Simple Normandy kind of to Rolo, which was in hindsight a very smart decision, because it mm. gave them an extremely powerful ally to, pro- and and this was a common practice trying to give some Danes or Vikings some property, some land on the coast as a buffer against other Viking attacks. Yeah, that yeah, was that was the thing. Fire. That was the thing that happened sometimes. Um, so this was the most eff- effective example of that. It was Normandy, the most powerful ally that Frankia had. Yeah, and they were just um, drunk. So yeah. they could fight other um, drunk Vikings. Right. Um, and the story is that uh, Charles the Simple, when they were making this pact, said to Rolo, like, uh, I want you to get down and kiss my foot out of show, uh, kind of a symbolic show of allegiance. Mm-hmm. And Rolo didn't want to do that, so he had one of his... Uh, they couldn't like or subscribe. You had to kiss a king's foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he had one of his buddies do it. He said, hey, here. You don't have to kiss our He's, feet. You he can said, just... He said, come here. Leave us a review. He, he turned to one of his Viking buddies and said, hey, come kiss the king's foot. Do it but for this me. Viking buddy was like a huge Viking. So <laughs> he said, yeah. I'll come kiss the, kiss the king's foot. So he picked the king up from his foot and lifted him up. That's great. <laughs> off the ground and kissed his foot. Power move. Yeah. That's a power move. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the stories of Rollo the Walker. Well, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have any more? Or do you no, want me no. To... I, I, thought, I thought I would just you give want me to interject. kind of a beginning and the end of the Viking Age to give some context here. Well, we've been talking about people and we've been talking about historical events. We mentioned weapons earlier. Mm. And I want to talk about a very particular Viking weapon, very famous one, and a very notable one for uh, a really good reason. And I was talking about the Northmen, and they reference it. They called a different name. Mm -hmm. I won't tell you the name because you would freak out. (laughs) When you watch the movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. You're going to be like, oh, I know that. I know that reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're the Captain America meme. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk about 
the Ulfbert sword. Oh yeah, yeah. Ulfbert. Well, so um, historians and archaeologists, when they actually discovered the swords, baffled because not only they have no idea what Ulfbert means. Well, I'll get into that, but um. It is one of the strongest and most flexible, just well, most quality made swords of the time. And the steel of its quality wouldn't appear in at least Europe until the 18th century. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was nearly a thousand years ahead of its time. And it was made of a crucible steel. Mm. And... They would have to heat the iron up to three thousand degrees Fahrenheit. That's the impressive part, right? There. To uh, get as many of the impurities out while throwing in carbon. Yeah, and ended up being a really high carbon, that's, uh, that's, very flexible, powerful steel. That's the impressive part, right there, is the ability to heat it for that time, and temperature. For, so that time, a hundred, roughly a hundred and seventy spec- uh, swords have been found all bearing the brand Ulfbert. Well, historians, and you might know a little bit about this, have no idea what that really (laughs) means because that word never appears in any writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They kind of assume, you know, uh, the hypothesis is that Ulfbert was maybe the name of the original smith. And he passed on his uh, skills, his training to his um, apprentices and mm-hmm. continued it. And they uh, still branded it Ulfbert. Either way, if you had an Ulfbert sword, you either were a nobleman or a very uh, skilled warrior that was highly sought after wow. to a- achieve <laughs> such a weapon. Because it was... Because uh, at that time, it's it's the European equivalent of uh, what's the sword maker in Kill Bill. I can't remember what it is, but uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I can't remember his name either. <laughs> but no, seriously, at the time, and it was way ahead of its time. But the kind of steel it was, super flexible. Not, I mean, it just wouldn't break. Because a lot of the times back then, swords would be full of impurities. They have dirt and shit in. Iron pours Hattori Hanzo. Hattori Hanzo, yeah. Sorry. Continue. (laughs) But (laughs) when metallurgists analyzed the swords that they found, and yeah, obviously it covered rust, but once they got through the rust, found little to no impurities in it. Wow. And they still kind of have no idea how a Viking smith would make this. We just assume... Maybe they got passed on knowledge from the Middle East, which is highly probable. Yeah, there's yeah. There's a lot of trade. There's a lot going in and out. Misconcep- um, a misconception of not just about Vikings, about just people in the past in general, is that people go all I mean, the time. that worked. Yeah. I, I hear people all the time make claims like, oh, people never left their home village. Yeah, they fucking did. Yeah. We have, we have a letter from a monk in the Middle Ages writing to another monk. And one of them was like in Italy, and one of them was like in Spain, go because one of them borrowed a book, and uh, and and he was worried that he wasn't going to have it back on time. <laughs> like seriously, that's a we have that we have yeah. those letters. People traveled. 
It, yeah, it was like, a lot harder. It took a long ass whenever time. You, if you're ever watching a, a but mo- you could still do it if you if wanted you to. Ever, if you're ever if you watching money, a movie you, or see a trailer for a movie that's historical, if you ever see a trailer for a Viking movie and there's a black guy cast in it and you hear people online going, <laughs> oh, oh, there wasn't, there was, they, like there wasn't, ha- there wasn't colored people in Scandinavia. There want to F- be. Fuck off. Yeah. Like, yeah, there were. Yeah, there would be a lot traveled. of them, but there would be. Yeah, people traveled. The the Vikings definitely knew about Africa. Yeah, yeah, they weren't just like closed like, off. Yeah, like, like <laughs> you would have to go back a lot further in history where people yeah. were that close most, off from most each other. cultures and cities and stuff like that wouldn't have been as multicultural as we are now. No, not nearly. But that not, doesn't mean, I mean they were close, oblivious but... to people from other parts of the world. Yeah, we have yeah. records that the Chinese people in China knew about the Romans. They would definitely keep their eye on that kind of thing. They knew I mean, about they, they word knew, would get around. They knew about the Romans. The Silk Road existed. Yeah. They, so they, if they traded, why couldn't they? Yeah. They knew about spread messages. They knew about the Roman Empire. They were aware um, of Romans. But anyways, uh, the same type of steel used for the Ulpert is the same kind of steel we use to make beams for skyscrapers. Wow. And it literally the that type of steel this high carbon pure steel and often some of them were even Damascus. So they had to learn something from the Byzantine who who did Damascus? Was it the Ottoman Empire, the Byzantines? Uh, Do we really know wherever Damascus was? Well, either way, Damascus is a place. <laughs> yeah, but what Syria, empire was that? Syria, which would have been what empire would that be in that time period? I'm just gonna look at a map. Persia, Persian, uh, probably. I don't know. Okay, just looking at a map. Just where I, I mean, I don't know. Empire boundaries change, but looking yeah. at, I'm looking at Google Maps and where that's Damascus is right Persia. now, and that's roughly Persia. Yeah, and, you know, tons of guys make Damascus nowadays, like Fortune Fire, you can watch it, but we still don't know how it was made at the time. From what I understand, actually, is that's not, that's kind of a pop culture myth of we don't know how Damascus was made. Well, we, we don't know precisely how yeah, it was made. we don't know. We know how to make Damascus. Yeah. We yeah. just don't know what method they used back. Yeah, that then. that's a that's perfect what I mean. way of putting it, yeah. is... You, well, yeah, you, we make demand. You hear that and go like, "Oh, every uh, people people hear blacksmith like, starting out is gonna be like, you want to see this cool Damascus knife yeah. I made?'" No, pe- people it's people not hear like pe- hard to make. People hear, "Oh, we well, don't know how they made hard. Damascus," and think that Damascus steel that you can buy nowadays isn't actually Damascus. It is. Steel. It is. It's just not. We don't know how Damas- they what process. Yeah, they Damascus steel is pattern welded steel. Did they use? Can- canister Damascus, probably not. But yeah. did they use? Yeah, it's pattern no, well no. steel. The way the way you put you it, acid is etch it. That's... You acid etch it, and then you see the patterns. Yeah, you have three or more different, two or more different types of steel, and do layers. Yeah. No, the way you put it is perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, a, a katana could have been Damascus if they acid etched it. Kinda, yeah, yeah. It I, could, I suppose, yeah. It could have been, depending well, on the technique. Depending, the on the, depending on the katana, because a katana doesn't necessarily have multiple types of steel in it. But it could. It could. It could. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. But really, but the, the thing is, it, uh, you want to know with, it's Damascus with, if it didn't have the acid etching. With back in the Middle Ages, Japanese steel 
was the situation. The reason why they pattern welded or the reason why they, uh, they folded, folded it. it like that was because they had a lot of sand in their iron. Yeah. There were so much yeah. impurities in the iron that they had to get, get it out to get it out and just, they didn't have the technology. No one at the time had the technology to get that stuff out before they welded it or I not guess, welded it before except they for the used it. <laughs> I, I don't know I, how. I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Well, like <laughs> Europeans, for <laughs> example, Europeans, for example, historically developed the, the techniques to make steel, like carbon steel, before the Japanese did, for example. And part of the reason is because the Japanese had the method of folding, yeah, which worked really, really well. But Europeans, Europeans didn't, didn't have do, to do that. that, so they developed. Well, you think of it; it's not that they didn't have to do it; they Just didn't, didn't need to. They didn't do it. I didn't think of but it. But they still had impurities in the iron. Just not as so. Their way of dealing with it was to develop steel. Yeah, carbon steel. So it, heat it's, it up. It's not about a different people Throw carbon in it. I hear people argue about. I think this. I hear people argue about this all the time on like uh, different types of uh, steel and things like that. Which one's better, Japanese steel or the reality is neither one of them is better than the other. It's just that because of their needs and their technologies at the time in the different parts of the world, they develop things at a different speed. Yeah. Yeah. That's all there is. That's how it works. That's all there is to it. Well, anyway, so the Oper, so hypothesized to be made in the kingdom of Francia. Uh, Around, so for 200 years, basically during the span of the Viking Age, uh, there could be Ulfberts found. And like I said, about 170 of them were found. And yeah, there's no evidence of the word Ulfbert appearing in any text despite the sword's existence. And I would like to say it was an early form of branding. The Ulfbert sword was equivalent to a Gucci purse. Yeah, maybe, yeah. That, the smith that started making it, that passed it on, <laughs> that's kind of what we assume happened, uh, was like, you, you put Ulfbert on these swords to notify its quality and, you know, that kind of thing. And, yeah, and it was a really awesome sword to have because you could guarantee the fact that you could block another guy's shield strike or even a shield, whatever, and your sword, if you had an Ulfbert, it would flex. It wouldn't break. It wouldn't shatter anything. Yeah. It was basically the strongest steel that ever existed during that time. Wow. Yeah. In the form of a sword. Wow. <laughs> and very sharp, flexible. And um, and the Northman, he acquires, through a quest, basically nice. the Ulfbert. They call it a different name. But it's basically the Ulfbert. Nice, nice. <laughs> and um, like a Skyrim, you get a cool weapon from a quest. Yeah, exactly. You can get the <laughs> Ulfbert in Valhalla. Apparently, when I was researching, I kept on getting Assassin's Creed Valhalla. How to unlock? You can. The yeah, that does kind of make more play it. Um, that must have been a DLC edition because at base game they had no we, no single handed swords at all. Yeah, it was DLC. Okay. That that really disappointed me, by the way. The fact they didn't have yeah. single handed swords. They yeah. had double. They had two handed swords, which were not nearly as common at all. That's an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at all. Yeah. Like the whole misconception. I hate that misconception that Vikings. Yeah, they use swords, but use double hand. No, they use yeah. relatively short to medium swords. Yeah. Double bladed. 
with not too much of a pronounced point. My, often rounded off. My Fuller's. You know what a Viking yeah, sword yeah, looks yeah. like. Uh, this, uh, my my and they're good swords. My I save. I want one. My Valhalla save file right now. I have a one-handed sword because they, before they the DLCs came out, they did like a winter festival like event thing mm-hmm. where they had a if you did all the stuff in the this event thing you it just get, pissed me off you could so get much. a one-handed sword so i did I it because be i wanted the one-handed sword i'd be fighting christians and they would have one-handed swords that's that's what bothered me was because they obviously <laughs> had the models and the animations yeah and if I wanted one-handed, I had to use an axe or a mace or a... I do like axes and stuff. No, though. axes like, cool. I mean... Like, I, I wasn't disappointed with the weapons that were there. I was just disappointed they just didn't have the one-handed swords, though. Yeah. As an option. <laughs> but yeah, the Ulpert, and it still kind of baffles historians and archaeologists that are like... Wow. We, re- we can only assume how it was made. There's no record of how it was made. Yeah. We can only guess that it was a crucible steel that was, you know, molten steel into a crucible, and then they would pour it <laughs> into a mold even, and then start forging from that, which is not a thing that happened that much at no, all. No, no. And it was a very unique sort. And the fact that the – I could show you later. I don't feel like pulling it up. But, like, the specimen we have of Ulfbert swords – for swords of that era, very well conditioned. Wow, yeah. No, I, I've well, seen, yeah, still I've rusted seen some, out. I've seen some images of And the, the hilt's gone and everything, but swords. compared to most like most swords we don't e- we don't even find because they're just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Things they don't last. They were that hot long. they had full of impurities iron yeah. you know and they just kind of disintegrated it's why, time. it's why uh i mentioned we mentioned but the fact that we have 170 ulfberts and yeah. that's the kind of it's not like oh it was just this one legendary sword no it was like a product it was a brand of sword yeah that was passed on for no, 200 one, years one thing that i'll say about uh japanese swords for example it's not that they're inferior or greater than European swords, but that people in Japan have taken care of them. We have because well, they pass them on through their ancestors. We have and... swords from the 1400s. Yeah, that are in excellent condition, like still usable type of condition. Well, you know, if a it's insane. If a warrior with Ulper died in battle, another guy picked it up, and then he died. And then maybe yeah. it just got lost forever. Europeans but, just uh, didn't have that reverence for swords. That well, I think there was like the Ulpert was definitely one of them, and that's probably why we still we could find so many. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in general, I mean, it would be kind unless it was like. I I feel like out of all weapons, the swords was probably the most like revered, like most well kept. Mm-hmm. But like an axe, whatever you know, who, who gives a shit? You grab another one. Yeah, <laughs> they're easy to make. It's cheap. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, the Ulfer. It's always been one of my favorite um weapons to learn about in history. That's pretty rad. And the fact that at least in Europe there was no other sword that would even come close to it during that age. Yeah. Um. And. Just the fact that you could 
swords that are made today with modern processes, modern techniques, still they have to work hard to make it as good as like an Ulfbert. Yeah, you have to buy like an Albion sword. You can get an Ulfbert uh, get... reproduction. <laughs> um, there's a lot of companies do it. There are a lot of low quality ones, and then there's like Albion ones. Yeah, um, <laughs> Albion is the, the the gold standard for if I historical reproduction. That would be the company I get. Um, if I'm like I want a real battle ready reproduction of a sword. Yeah. It'd be Albion. But they're also like a thousand dollars. Yeah. I, I think the <laughs> cheapest one I've they're, seen they do have some uh, Viking short swords and Viking swords that are about eight fifty. Yeah, a little, little bit better. But it's also a misconception <laughs> about swords. You can get a good sword for three hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Just do your research though. Yeah, there's a couple companies that make there's actually one company I, I there's only one I know of, but there is even one long sword that is like three hundred bucks that is like pretty good. Yeah. No, if you do your research, um, find a good reputable company. But there there's some um, short short swords and stuff you can Oh under yeah. under that. Yeah. Devil's, have a, Devil's Edge. You have yeah. One of I have those. a Greek Zithos. Yeah, I, I've it, I've had my eye on got their, it for like on their Gladius, just under two hundred bucks. Yeah, I've had my eye on their Gladius for a while. I keep I I would love a Gladius. Putting off buying it, but I want to get it at some point. Well, it's like, what are you gonna actually do with it? Exactly. That's why I keep putting it off. Now, yeah, I always think, yeah, if a zombie <laughs> apocalypse happened or if someone broke yeah. into my house, yeah, I'd be happy to grab that. Pull out your Greek <laughs> your Greek like hoplite sword and start. Yeah, doing some yeah. thrust and slashes. Yeah, wasn't just for thrust. That's a misconception. Well, hoplite swords like the Ziphos was especially really a thrust, good for uh, a slashing. But sword. even a gladius would be. Oh yeah, we good have a, we have accounts of uh, Roman it soldiers. Be exceptional, I guess. We have accounts of Roman soldiers like chopping limbs off. Yeah, it's still a sharp. They they sword. used it for stabbing when they were in formation. In formation, but it was still a sharp bladed weapon. Yeah, yeah, was With, it. With a relatively thick blade, was the which means it did have some geometry best for slashing. No, yeah, but it was but sharp. It would still do it, but it was sharp and a wide blade, which means so it, it would had cut it had deep. Apparently, it chopped. The yeah, it was a chopper. It was yeah, a chopper. yeah, the gladius had some weight behind it when you swung it. So, yeah. like, yeah, they used it. Yeah, technically, like a sham shear would be better for slashing because yeah. it's curved. But it doesn't have the versatility. It's harder to yeah. stab. The Gladius, technically, and yeah. how they used it officially was as a stabbing weapon, but it definitely could chop like limbs off and stuff like that. And it was, was very good at it, apparently. I know this is... <laughs> we've gone on so many tangents during the Ulfbert talk, and I know they were weapon and sword related, but uh, I'm going to count the whole thing. Just yeah, the whole thing. As just one. Not as one tangent point. Yeah, I'm not going to do... I think that's fair. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Ulfer, uh that's one gonna, of the things I researched. I didn't want to rely and be lazy and just rely on list Yeah, for this episode. It's been a while since we've done one of these. So, you know. We've been doing good so far. Now, do, we you have have, cool stuff. do you have any facts about a particular person? Do you want to talk more about Ragnar? Oh, uh, I talked a bit about Ragnar already. Um, Anything that you want to include? Hmm. Are there any other famous Vikings? Let's see. Let's see what I if I wrote down some stuff here. Uh, no, I did not. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
I well, I've got a famous Viking we well, can talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's let's because we're we're pretty deep into the show so here. So I started so that. I want I want to hear about you. Yeah, you hinted I, earlier. I started. I hinted it at the beginning. Yeah, I started this episode with a hinga dinga Durgan, <laughs> which comes from SpongeBob when he was celebrating none other than ah. Leif Erikson Day. Uh, Leif Erikson Day happened earlier this year on October 9th. I celebrate it instead of Columbus Day. Nice. Until they started doing Indigenous People's Day, and then I celebrated that. Yeah. But before, I was like, Leif Erikson, because... Leif, don't, don't spoil the it. The Vikings went to America and don't didn't, spoil and, it. And didn't commit genocide. Didn't conquest. Well, you mentioned how Vikings yeah. went off. The, yeah, they would which raid was, and shit, but they wouldn't conquest. Which I, I say to you, Vikings... Good job for not committing and it probably, genocide. At that time, it probably would have been a tough battle. Yeah. I mean, oh, least. oh, absolutely. It, it, was, it, <laughs> it was a tough battle when Columbus went. Well, diseases, though, that helped. Diseases. That was the main yeah. thing. Uh, <laughs> that was the main weapon. But mi- Leif mi- Erikson. Misconception. Spanish colon. Or so let Euro- me tell you. European colonizers did not have a technological advantage. I mean... Musket. No, they that was not an advantage. But that wasn't a real advantage. No, it, it wasn't enough. In practice, it wasn't any advantage. Yeah, <laughs> they they did not have a technical. Still took like it two was, minutes. To it reload. wasn't until the 1700s that Europeans had any type of technical rifling advantage. Mortars, R- rifling. It just the, the the technology had advanced enough. Wasn't rifling that but, was made in America? Yeah, uh, but by no, Henry no. E. Rifling when, when during the the. 1500s and 1600s European colonizers had no significant technological advantage over native they Americans. They had mounts, but that was technological. That wasn't that was just horses. Yeah, but the native Americans caught on to that. Then real, they caught on real to that. fucking yeah. quick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they, but anyways, yeah. Leif Erikson. So as you may why is he called Erikson? Well, cuz he's the son of warrior and founder of modern day Greenland, Eric the Red. Ah. Who had a lot of great um, battles and tales that I don't know enough about because I did most of my research on <laughs> his son, Leif yeah. Erikson. Yeah. But I know he was at a lot of the battles in Francia and oh. England. He was like all over the place. Eric oh, cool. Red. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned, um, I, w- I mentioned Rolo. Yeah. We think that he was also took part in the Great Heathen Army. There you go. We think, maybe. Like, not there's no story. Well, anyways, Leif Erikson, born nine seventy eighty, and he was. Here's a fun fact about him. I forget the slave's name, but he was his father, Eric the Red. He actually appointed one of his slaves to take care of his son, to mentor, train his son while Ooh. he's going out and doing sieges and raids. Oh, cool! And he. And he kind of learned some empathy because he was mentored and basically taken care of by a slave rather than his real hmm. father for a lot of his early childhood. Yeah. And that's where he kind of learned some combat skills. But he, Leif Erikson, wasn't one of those stereotypical Vikings you think of that just raid and go into combat. No, Leif Erikson was more of an explorer. Yeah, yeah. And, um, by so by the year 1000 he uh, traveled to Norway, mm-hmm. and that's when he met with King Olaf the first, and King Olaf convinced and then converted him to Christianity. Oh. Leif Erikson was 
one of the most famous Vikings to be converted to Christianity. And the way King Olaf put it, there was a great plague at the time, as as what would happen. <laughs> um, and he said, basically, King Olaf told Leif Erikson that um, the old gods have faded. The Norse gods like Odin, Thor, hmm. etc., have faded, basically abandoned uh, us. By the way, King Olaf was the great-grandson of Harold Fairhair. There you go. Which we mentioned earlier. Well, that makes sense because it's a king in Norway. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, Olaf convinced them that Christianity was a way to take on Christ and everything. And then Leif Erikson, and he was born in Iceland, by the way. Mm-hmm. But then he would travel to Greenland, where his father was and where his kin were, uh, for the most part. And he was going to start spreading the Christian faith. Well... He accidentally got lost a little bit. <laughs> um, he got sidetracked. The greatest well, explorer stories involve getting lost. He actually, I think he went to Iceland first, and then he was he, he took a priest to Iceland. Then he was going to go to Greenland, right? And well, he uh, got led astray through some bad storms, you know that kind of thing. And yeah, no GPS. You had to rely on the stars. Yes. And a compass. Did compasses? At least the stars. The compasses, compasses like, when do they exist? I mean, they existed. I don't know if the Vikings. If everyone used had them. it. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, I don't um, know. I don't know enough about the history way, of compasses. Imagine going try sailing out to sea with a GPS. Just do that. I wouldn't know how to navigate. Exactly. I would look down at GPS and be <laughs> like, miles. I would look down what? at it and be like, this is all water. Where's the streets? Yeah. yeah. I have no landmarks for reference. Well, either way, uh, per happenstance, <laughs> he ended up discovering a new land. Mm. And what he discovered, he would call Vinland. Yeah. Which most historians agree and can, well, it's still, it's mostly agreed on that Vinland would be be modern Newfoundland in North America. Yeah. And he called it Vinland because he, all the grapes growing along the coast, all the we, vines. We, uh, isn't the thing with, again, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you can go to Vinland. Yeah. About a hundred years before this. Before Leif Erikson accidentally discovered. Before Leif Erikson. And that's what I, that's what before I love about Leif Erikson. Before Leif Erikson was born. Yeah, God. Yeah, it's. But that's uh, what I love about Leif Erikson. He wasn't trying to find anything. Yeah. He just did. Yeah. <laughs> just by ha- pure happenstance. He went past Greenland and then he boom. He was trying to get to Greenland and he was like, oh shit, look at that. Yeah, Vinland. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what's considered to be modern Newfoundland. And that would, as far as we know, make Leif Erikson the first European. To mm-hmm. discover North America, or otherwise outsider, yeah. to discover, quote unquote, disco- to find North America, to well, reach North America. Crazy uh, the there, word discover, that kind of throws me off. You don't discover ev- a place. There's people there already. Yeah, they yeah. discovered it. But he... Yeah. <laughs> to encounter. Encountered North America. The first yeah. outsider encounter North America, well, at least well, as it's far crazy, as we know. What's crazy about North America with the not Vikings acknowledging is prehistory. That, from what I understand, there's evidence. So like, you know, Vinland. There's Viking camps. That, New, well, Newfoundland. So in the but, 60s. But there, there's, there's evidence down even into like the New England area in the mm-hmm. United States that Vikings made their way there too. Yeah. And there's, so in the 60s, um, 
they basically discover that yes, there was Nordic camps in Newfoundland. Yeah. Um. So this kind of helps support the fact that uh, Leif Erikson discovered it, and it's in some of the Icelandic sagas they talk about. They mention this. Yeah. And um, well, I just... yeah, I dis- he discovered Vinland and uh, what would be Newfoundland, and apparently they um, established some settlements. But yeah, like you said, Vikings were never a conquering type people, really. No, never. He went back home to Greenland and Iceland around that area, and they established some settlements and camps there, but just very small, low-level yeah. trades. But apparently they were warded off by the natives, but I don't know much about actual conflict Yeah, rather than just, hey, get, on, get the fuck out of but here. But honestly, it's, it wouldn't surprise me in that time period a group of Native Americans would totally be able to fend off a small group. Oh, of, yeah, no. A, a couple and Viking ships? The Come Vikings, when it gives sh- they want to care enough to be like, oh, we got to go back and get them. Yeah. They'd yeah. be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, well um, it goes to the thing that I just like. They're the more most. worried about England and Francia at yeah, that point. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it, it goes to the thing that I like. My favorite thing about Vikings is that. But, yeah, they never called. They were I mean, just everywhere. Yeah, they just. They just went everywhere and they either they ass, either assimilated or they didn't assimilate just because they were kind of a majority yeah in the area but uh this is true this is this has been found a bit true that Leif Erikson yes he did find what would be Newfoundland yeah. and North America and five nearly 500 years before Christopher Columbus Get supposedly discovered it, even though he to his deathbed he still believed he discovered the West Indies rather than just a new Columbus was insane <laughs> and pathetic. And he, well, and I love oh my god, I wish I knew everything I knew back in elementary school yeah. because I remember we would watch the CRISPR Columbus videos and Thanksgiving videos, like, yeah, CRISPR Columbus sold Ocean Blue in 1492, he showed up and they, they had Thanksgiving, they had a fun grand time. Yeah. No, they didn't. Nope. <laughs> and also, he was an idiot. He was trying to convince people that the world was round when that was already yeah, common yeah. knowledge we were for thousands up, of years. When we were growing up, people the story he was the, he, the story was that he knew uh, the world was round. Yeah, Galileo. Well, everyone fucking knew the world was round. Come on, the Greeks. It's like so. If anyone listening is a flat earther. I mean, didn't that start way back with like Aristotle? Yeah, no, it's now. It's, yeah, he believed the, the sun ancient was the Greek, center. The ancient Greeks knew that the Earth was round. Now let, they argue let whether me ju- let me the just, Earth was the center of the universe. Let or me not. just say this to anyone so, who's listening who's a flat earther: it's so fucking obvious. It's so fucking that stupid. the Earth is round. If you live near a body of water with a horizon. You can see the curve. You know, you, you know the Earth is round. You don't have to fly in an airplane. Because, you don't have to because, go on a rocket ship. Because I, I remember growing up, people were like, I was always told like, oh, people <laughs> thought you would fall off the horizon. Okay, but people would go far enough across the horizon. It's only if, it's it's not that Hell, long. The so, Vikings are a good example. The horizon is not that far away. Thirty miles. Yeah, because you, you can pe- only see thirty miles out. You can't. You cannot so, see. Italy from Spain. 
Yeah, because because of the horizon. But yeah. people sailed from Italy to Spain all they the didn't fucking fall time. off the edge. And 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 even if you you saw and the Lee horizon, Lee Erickson sure wasn't worried about that. Yeah, no, no he was no, just trying to get back home. Every, every everyone <laughs> knew the Earth was round. Everyone knew it. Christopher Columbus. The hell, just if you're I, a lot of flat earther guys are also guys that are like in the Viking shit. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Vikings they have the world serpent. That guess what? goes around yeah. the globe. Yeah, it's like so fucking obvious that the earth is round. <laughs> so and, even if you're one of those and guys. ancient people knew it. Like, it's just, it just plays in this thing that bothers me. If a flat earther As, went back in time and tried to tell, like, just a relatively educated yeah. man and the... Pick Cause, a time period. Cause, cause it, it, Hell, in the Viking Age. Yeah. They'd be like... You're stupid. Well, because a lot of <laughs> a lot of flat Earth theories rely on like, oh, the government is NASA's hiding it from us. Why? But a, Why? Vi- a Viking would be like, this is a tangent though. By the way, I like yeah, it, yeah. but it's yeah, a tangent. this is a tangent. Yeah, a Viking would be like, who's NASA? The fuck are you talking about? The Earth is round. The hell are you talking about? I mean, I mean, well, even their mythology. I mean, even that going back around. to ancient Greece, I don't remember the guy's name, but there's a there's an ancient Greek guy who like calculated. The circumference of the Earth down within a few feet. No, and that still like, astounds me. Like what the ancient Greeks and Egyptians did, just, just using math, mathematics. Like he figured an it angle. out. Three thousand. I can't years understand ago, it. You know, it, it's, it's that's beyond me to be for, that smart. But it's actually like really simple. What he did is he he had no, uh, but to come up with that in the first uh, place. Obel- you know what I mean? There was an obelisk in Alexandria. And there's an obelisk in like I don't know was it Memphis or something like that, and then and, and he just at the same time of day at noon measured measure or measured distance, the the distance the the time he, they were the same height he measured the shadow and knowing what he knows about spheres no, it's simple. figured out when you how explain big it, the Earth is. it's a lot more simple than you would yeah. think. But what <laughs> astounds me about ancient civilizations mathematicians. Of those times, how the fuck did they even think to do that? Well, here's the like, thing. Here's the where, thing. Kind of where kinda, did that come from? Kind of what I was getting to is that, as a historian, one thing that bothers me about how a lot of people <laughs> think about ancient peoples. No, I just with is, the technology. Well, but the, you don't need, tech, had, you don't need technology to know math. No, but it makes it a lot easier. It doesn't. Though. <laughs> it doesn't though. Calculators make it easier. But calculators let you cheat math. Yeah. To actually do math is the same process. No, that's true. Um, and and just but people, calculators. A lot of people up. just have. So many people have this just kind of idea, and it's a subconscious idea. It's not. If you're listening and you were thinking this, it's not your fault. It's just this thing that a lot of people nowadays just. No, I agree with you. The I conclusion agree. that they fall onto is that ancient peoples were not as smart at this. No, they were just as smart. They were just as smart. Or smarter, maybe. Yeah, they were just smart. They were still homo sapiens, the same species, the same capacity for knowledge, one, creativity, one, and, and what intellect. a lot of people don't realize in the span of a species, a couple thousand years, it's nothing. It's nothing, yeah. We, we have the advantage of thousands of years of scientific... Uh, knowledge that we can look back on and learn from. And we have thousand years of scientific evidence pointing to yeah. the world being and, around. Yeah. And we, and, and we, and we <laughs> have, NASA wasn't around back then to cover it up. And, and we so have I don't the advantage what... of, um, of all our technology now. And we have all these advantages to help us learn, 
but we're not actually any smarter than the ancient Egyptians, for example, were. I think they were smarter. In some ways, I they actually probably think they were because they didn't have the yeah. internet. They had to figure shit out. Yeah, they were still, but they were still the same species with the no, same exactly. capacity for knowledge and creativity as we have. Like but that does count as a tangent point. It absolutely does count. But yeah. um, it's absolutely a tangent. But anyways, yes. um, with, so <laughs> I mentioned Leif Erikson Day. So, so this kind of coincides in the sixties. In uh, the early 60s, yeah, there was evidence of Viking camps found in Newfoundland. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Just, let, <laughs> just making sure you know. And then in 1964, Congress approved a public resolution proposed by President Lyndon B. Johnson, who is actually one of my favorite presidents. I, I do like um, President Johnson. He, he, was did pretty, a, he continued a lot of Kennedy's legacy. He did a lot for the civil rights movement. More a than, shit ton. More than Kennedy, more than Kennedy ever could. Because Kennedy takes all the credit. Well, yeah, because he... Everyone glorifies Kennedy. But Lyndon B. Johnson actually did. He but, actually did but Kennedy shit. got shot. Yeah, no, Kennedy, very was, Kennedy was good. But, uh, yeah, he would have... Not to downplay Kennedy. But, uh, but anyways, Lyndon B. Johnson approved a resolution to make October 9th officially Leif Erikson Day. And I'm... I do hate to admit that, yeah, we didn't mention that during Spooktober. It wasn't I spooky. always forget about it, to be honest. There's this, but it is. Yeah. I always remind people, when, especially when it's an asshole, it's like, I celebrate Chris Columbus Day. And I'm like, wow, what a big deal. Leif Erikson discovered North America anyways. Before also, him. Christopher Columbus, <laughs> he thought the Earth was smaller than it was. That's why... Well, You're, yeah, because he thought Ameri- he discovered the West Indies. Americans are told the story of like, oh, everyone thought the Earth was flat, but no, he, and that's why. No, the reason why nobody was fun. I think would, more people think the Earth's flat as now. Yeah, no, I think I would agree with you. <laughs> uh, um, the reason people thought he was crazy is because at least he, the same amount. Everyone had a pretty good idea. Not only that the Earth was round, but everyone had a pretty good idea of how big it was. Well, you see the moon go around, but but everyone had a good idea how. Big the earth. Well, yeah, was. there was cartographers. Humanity had figured that out by now. Mathematicians, by cartographers, and and Columbus for some reason thought it was like a Marco court. Polo. Yeah, you know, Columbus Galileo. for some reason was convinced that it was smaller than it was, and so that's why when he yeah. went to when he went to the the and he thought in, he when he went to royals and in West Indi- Indies in, in in Italy and said I want to do this. They said they wouldn't fund it. They said you're a fucking idiot because do you know how much ocean that is? You're gonna die. <laughs> and I will say he didn't make it. Yeah, but but he went to you Spain know. and Ferdinand and Isabella, the Castilian. And, dude, the, there's the, this cartoon the, I watched. I wish I could find it. Oh yeah, where basically they make out the Queen of Spain to just be a complete uh, dick. Where she's like, "Fuck you! I'm not going to support your exhibition, your uh, journey because it's pointless. Because we all know the world's like literally." This thing they showed me in elementary school was like, Christopher Columbus was right. He was right. Yeah. That's what I was taught, Colton. Yeah. I There's an American author. <laughs> I don't remember what, what And he was wrong in like every like, way. That's like a big, big role in why, why America. You, people in the United States, for some reason, glorify Christopher Columbus way more than anyone else does. If anything, it's a, it's glorify a weird, Leif Erikson. It's Come actually on. like a weird cultural phenomenon in the United really States. really is. Specifically. He's like considered like a... Like he's not even American. It didn't even. Split. No, he's a Spaniard. Didn't even, no, never, he's Portuguese. No, he was Italian. He was Italian. Oh wow! He just worked for Spain. 
Yeah, he worked for Spain. Um, and he is weirdly like glorified in the United States in particular. No, That's so no, weird. the the Queen Isabella and Ferdinand of Spain. I'm glad we have indigenous peoples. Have day. just they th- in the context they had just basically won the Reconquista, driven the Moors mm. out of Spain, the the, the Muslims. And, yeah. Um, they were the most. Which that's power- a whole. Th- they, were, they were super powerful. They had a ton of cash to burn. Yeah. By all accounts, I'm aware of. From talk, and I I talked to Doctor Fry about this, our professor who does like Spanish and Latin American history. Yeah. Um. By all accounts, they didn't expect Columbus to ever come back. <laughs> they just had a bunch of well, money to burn, and were like, "Fuck it." That's May, a tangent point. In though. in a in a small chance that this guy's right. Um Flat Earth Talk puts up tangent. We already had one earlier. I forgot what it was. And then Flat Earth Talk, then Christopher Columbus. And by yeah, and I've always been before Indigenous Peoples Day was like a widely known thing, I was like, Leave Harrison Day. He found North America first. Yeah. No, um, I I, lo- I like Lee Erickson Day. As far as luckily, we know, luckily, Lee Erickson is the first. Luckily, Lee Erickson Day and, and Indigenous People Days are on separate days, so you can we can do both. You can do both, and also Lee Erickson wasn't an asshole. Yeah, he found Newfoundland. He was like cool, and then he went back to Greenland and told people about it. But and he all didn't, the, and all the people there were just like. Okay. It wasn't another 500 years until Christopher Columbus came over and then the Spaniard, yeah. the Spanish I conquistadors just, I, came over and fucked everything up. I also just like that thing about Vikings where, like, the people <laughs> in Iceland just knew North America existed. Well, that's not, like, a weird thing. They just knew about it. They just didn't give a shit. Well, in Iceland, they were just like, Iceland's okay, in one of those weird positions where, you know, it's right between North America and Europe. It's like, so, uh, is it Europe? Is it North America? It's technically uh, Europe. I, so... But, Tangent points wise. Yeah, we're on three tangent points. Do option. we want to veto or do we want to just take it? Reset. I got an option for you. What's your option? Peppermint schnapps or bourbon. Because those are the liquors we have right now. <laughs> I guess I'll go peppermint schnapps. It's almost that season. Right. By the way, me and Colton have been talking. And maybe it won't be quite like Spooktober. Well, maybe. I don't know. We're sure. going to change things up this year. Um, we're, we have a lot of holiday episodes planned. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, mm. It might be like a Spooktober. Maybe. Oh, I just took but a shot. Christmassy, holiday We might have mentioned this last episode. This is the chairlift warmer peppermint schnapps from Telluride Distilling Company. It is... That's peppermint schnapps. It's not peppermint schnapps, but it, it is a pretty good one, though. It is a good one. As far as peppermint schnapps goes. Ooh, that would be good on hot chocolate. I had that last night. It was mm. delicious. I, I actually got some hot chocolate. Um, yeah. Peppermint hot chocolate. They, that's all they had left. They had the Swiss Miss peppermint one. And I was like, I, good, because I like peppermint. I accidentally bought a bunch of hot chocolate mixes for Keurig. I got the Keurig yeah. ones. Yeah, uh, I, I accidentally bought a bunch of them. I don't have a Keurig. I just... Although I luckily with the hot chocolate mixes, you can just you open can just it up open it up and throw it in a cup. Throw it in. Um, <laughs> no, and I'm trying. I need to stop using K cups. However, because they're really bad for pollution, for littering, for uh, yeah, um, 
because they're little plastic cups. However, I I, I ordered uh, some coffee from Green Day's Coffee Company, actually. It, and it is literally Green Day. Mike Durant, Billy Joe, and Trey Cole started their own coffee company, Ooh. Oakland uh, Coffee. And um, they make uh, compostable K-cup Ooh. Oh, pods. cool. Cool. So I won't feel bad, and I order it, and I'll let you know what yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to request a report of that one. Yeah. See if it's good. Because uh, we've always thought about – this is a little side thing. I, I I think we get a little time before we get another point. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, we love We drinking. get a grace period before. We, we love drinking, we right? We're at Odd Drunk Podcasts. However – I have played around with the idea, whether it's for a Patreon type thing, like a little extra thing, mm-hmm. um, a totally sober morning show, coffee. I we would, drink our that, favorite coffees. That would be cool. Because besides cause... beer and liquor and shit, <laughs> coffee is my favorite. I'm a total coffee guy. So I don't think you and me have ever like discussed coffee. We need to discuss coffee. But like I know both of us are big coffee guys. And I know our friend Chris McMahon. I don't know if I pronounce it. McMahon. That's close enough. <laughs> but Ma- he, he uh, 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 McMahon. McMahon. Yeah, Chris McMahon. Because he's badass. He's he just badass. causes mayhem all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's always causing mayhem. Yeah. On, on our DMs. <laughs> yeah, and we did an interview with him a few weeks ago before uh, Spooktober. Great episode. Great. Go check, check it out. out. Yeah. It's chat Across the Pond. And our first international interview, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but he mentioned the fact of doing the Patreon thing, and we are at the point with our podcast. And I don't want to be one of those guys where I'm always pushing it. But if I can come up with something extra, if we can come up with something extra, yeah. That is actual content instead of we, just asking for we won't money. We, we will not do a Patreon unless we can reward our Patreon. Yeah, we want something, something extra. Yeah. And I thought maybe once a month. I don't know, a couple times a month, not as often. Yeah, a morning show where I would, we talk yeah. about the news or you know some yeah, shit that, like be that. Great. I would love to and do just that drink coffee yeah. and. You know, that kind of thing. And it doesn't have to be recorded in the morning, just the illusion of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> of our schedules. Anyways, yeah. um, Leif Erickson, <laughs> Vikings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, I have another cool, fun, a real funny Viking thing. Okay. Uh, so, you, if you're a new listener, you have no idea. If you're an old listener, you probably have an idea i'm originally from oklahoma jackson me he's my oklahoma yeah i'm oklahoma he does he does not like it yeah because that's not a thing that we call ourselves at all i know yeah everyone else yeah i think it's awesome calls us that but (laughs) so when i was a kid and this okay so just to preface this i would go to my grandpa's a lot for thanksgiving and stuff Mm -hmm. and um and oklahoma there's a lot of rumors. Well, not even rumors. They found rune stones. Hmm. Supposedly Viking rune stones. And when I was a kid, I was always told, yeah, the Vikings came down all the way to Oklahoma. And I was like, even as a kid, I was like, that's kind of improbable. But <laughs> 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 but I still kind of wanted, I wanted to believe it, right? Because I thought it was cool. Yeah. Well, um, you can look it up at... Um, so apparently, yeah, there's runestones in Oklahoma, and I went to the museum and to the park, uh, the Heavener runestone, 
in LaFleur County, Oklahoma, where my grandpa he my grandpa lives in Poto, and just a few miles, it's Hevener. And um it's like one of the most country places ever. Uh I won't say that, but <laughs> but it's uh, it's in the country, it's in the southeastern part of Oklahoma, bordering Arkansas, like right by Arkansas. And it's a beautiful, great place. I love going there. I love yeah. going. My grandpa's there. And every once in a while, we would go to the Hevener uh, Park. And where supposedly they discovered the Hevener runestone, a Viking runestone. And it was discovered in 1923. Hmm. And it has Nordic runes and everything. And um, I'll show you a picture later. I, I don't I, feel like pulling that up. But wait, mm, let me get to it. Like, yeah. Wait, let me explain it. Yeah, I was always told, and even at the park, they m- make the appearance and make it seem like, yeah, this was real Vikings that came down here. Well, no, <laughs> it wasn't. Um, I was lied to in my childhood. <laughs> this is a statement. This is a real As statement. As many of us were. As many of us were. And I was told that it was a true But I, I would be especially traumatized if I was lied to about Vikings. Yeah, and I was lied to about Vikings. Yeah, so that's, that's especially really bad. To me. Yeah. And it, I was always t- told that it was like a true Viking age, 800 through, we went through it, 1,000. Luckily, growing up in Southern California, nobody had the balls to claim that Vikings made their way there. Well, the thing is, this is a runestone. Like, it's yeah. it's real. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's from the Viking Age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, well, uh, my, my point is, is, my point is, growing up in San Bernardino County, no California, Vikings would be there. Nobody no. would have the balls to be like the Vikings tracked all the way over here. Yeah, I mean, it would be a slightly more plausible that they went like, down south. Yeah, but not west, <laughs> or not too far west. Not all the way but, to the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, that would be That'd quite be a, plausible. Be a little but, pushing um, it. Yeah, but yeah, it's false. <laughs> My memories have been shattered, and I always knew I, I knew it for a while, but this is my first time speaking about it, I guess, with anybody. Mm. Um, but it is most likely a 19th century artifact mm. carved just by a random Sweden immigrant, <laughs> just a Swedish that's railroad. Worker. I gotta say, but it is real, that's almost better. <laughs> Because it's funny. But it yeah. is real. The thing yeah. about it, it wasn't like fabricated. Like, it, it's real. But it's not from the Viking Age. It, obviously. I gotta, and, I gotta, because it, it puts me on this mindset here. It's a 19th century artifact. And it was uh, most likely made by a Swede working at a train, train depot or just any random Scandinavian immigrant. Because during the 19th century and early 20th century, there was this whole like, not quite Renaissance, but like Viking uh, 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 revival. You you trans- where Scandinavians you transitioned were- perfectly there into what I was thinking. They were starting so, to appreciate their Viking culture and everything. So I, and build I, 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 I think homes. I think it would be like- rude of us not to mention this during this show because we're almost out of time here, and I yeah. think it should be mentioned. Um, we are aware. That right-wing Nazi North Americans Oof. have adopted and appropriated Viking. Yeah, they did. I, I'm not going to say culture because they haven't, but, but symbology the, and ideas, the gods, the mythology into their rhetoric. Yeah, but 
but and uh, I and I want to point out that we as <laughs> well we're not. And ex- I can tell you we're far from experts. I can tell you of utmost. Uh, we're we're far from experts, but we both have experience in an academic history setting. Yeah, recognize that the Vikings have nothing to do with that. They no, absolutely not. Um, it's way beyond. And uh, and time. the Vikings were actually a very accepting culture. But unfortunately, they've been appropriated. That but way. they have been appropriated. No, I, I just think it'd be I can a, tell you that Lafour County. Before we end the podcast, <laughs> be, whenever we end this, I don't. Uh, pretty, that, pretty it, it's appropriate for me to mention that that yeah. we recognize that that's a thing. It is a thing, and I can tell yeah. you. Uh, and we don't like getting political at all. And this is just a statement. Yeah. I'm not no, making. No, no. I'm, we're, we're, I, we're, no, but I'm not making any yeah. comments. But I will say, <laughs> months after Biden was elected, and even going down to Farmington, well, okay, I don't want to give too much away, but months after Biden was elected, there were still plenty of Trump flags in LaFleur County when I visited my grandpa again last Thanksgiving. And my grandpa's actually, uh, well, anyways, yeah. That's a big thing there, but the back yeah. to the rune stones. Yeah. It, um, it's, I, I just want to. I just want to. I, I think you guys can kind a, of assume. I just wanted to mention it as we we. Reckon, I think you guys can assume where we stand. We recognize it's a thing. We don't. Yeah. Buy, we don't buy into it. No, it's stupid. We are trying to approach this as people with because I mentioned I have a degree in history. Jackson, I have a degree in political science, but yeah, political science, <laughs> which is a. More, and it's very nebulous. It's a more useful degree than mine. Um, they're both about um, roughly as equal. But but you also did your uh, you started you didn't finish it, but you started towards your a uh, minor in history, which yeah. means you're not a noob. With no, history. I am not a noob in history. So we're, we're, my point, I could is, have been a double major. I wasn't. If yeah, I wasn't lazy. My my point is, we're both yeah. not idiots when it comes to history, and we recognize. This political aspect to the Viking thing. No, it's definitely in thing. North America. Yeah, the United States. I don't want to include. Anyways, Can- I don't want to throw Canada under the bus accident. Don't give us another tangent point. No, no, you're close because no, no. it's going to carry on to the next episode. Yeah, yeah okay, no, be careful there. Yeah, Canada, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't mean to include you. Well, in I was reading about like when I was in America's problems. When I was reading about Leif Erikson, <laughs> funnily enough, Canadians are probably like no Canadians Thank God, like leave it's, us out of this. No, but in Canada, from what I've read, it's widely known that Leif Erikson discovered, well, found North America first Good. before Christopher. Good, Christ. they're it, doing because, it right then. Because as far as we know, he did. Yeah. They're doing it right then, because um, and I love that Leif Erikson just kind of found it on accident. <laughs> he wasn't trying to prove anything, and, and then, he wasn't trying to prove. And like I love, Christopher Columbus, he was trying to like prove some shit yeah, that the world. And then was I love even more that he that, didn't do anything about it. No, he just. Yeah, I mean, he just went back. There's a statue of him in Minnesota. Yeah, no, in I, I, that, that's that's. I love that. It's not just like Christopher Columbus came over, and he quote-unquote discovered america and then tried to make well, think about leaf, and then tried to become rich from it think about it i i don't um, like that leaf erickson isn't as well known as christopher columbus thank you spongebob for helping with that yeah but um i do like that even going back to when he was around he didn't try to like yeah there's make a big deal out of it. Christopher he, Columbus came over and tried to be rich because i think from if, it, if leaf erickson was just of a 
just as much of a like vindictive greedy asshole as Christopher Columbus was, we would probably be celebrating Leif Erikson Day more widely. Yeah. Like I yeah, feel like yeah. he would be the one if anything, it, it is shockingly weird how Christopher Columbus, an Italian, is more revered than Leif Erikson, an Anglo Saxon. Yeah. That's just and, not, and that's fine, but that's when, just when, weird. When you, when, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just it's, it's so but but here's the bizarre. thing. Here's the thing also. I love that Leif Erikson came over. Unlike Christopher Columbus, he came over. And he was like, "I'm gonna be rich from this." Leif Erikson came over and was just like, <laughs> "Cool, uh, okay, I'm going back home now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he was just like nonchalant about it. He yeah. was just like, "There's some land." Well, anyways, uh, so um, just to cap this off <laughs> about the rune stones, so in Oklahoma, uh, and arche- ar- archaeologist Lyle Thompson in 2007. His master's thesis for the University of Lake Leicester, Leicester. Um, he examined the rune. This was for his master's thesis. He examined the rune stone. Okay. Noted one: there is no cultural evidence of Vikings in or near the region. Two: no Old Norse approach to translation fits the stone. It's not Old Norse. It's just modern Swedish, <laughs> basically. Um, three. The stone's most likely translation is Gnomedale, Valley of the Gnomes. Four, Scandinavian presence in the nearby town of Han- Heavener is early and likeliest so- source of the carving of the s- stone. Five, other purported rune stones in the region are modern creations are misinterpreted Native American rock art. <laughs> and it's just people saying, yeah, it was Vikings. I, I love, I love... And then here's his last I'm, quote. Okay, yeah. Barring any new evidence, the stone is best considered a modern creation. I love that there's <laughs> this idea of like a whole town, a little little culture there. Oh, go, like the, the high school like, there? One of the high schools there is still the Vikings because they I still mean, like... I mean, that's cool. Let, let them... No, it's cool, but they're still pushing the idea that yeah. it was real. But, but but it was Vikings. I, I love the idea of the I love the idea of um, this whole town building its identity. And I think my grandpa always knew it wasn't real, but when we were kids, he told us it was just because it was exciting. You yeah, I love this idea of this whole town building basically like this identity off of this Viking heritage, and, and then there's just fucking grad student coming along <laughs> and being like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, no, no, <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna write my master's thesis on like, this. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write like, my thesis on how. Like, no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm going to. I, be, I wish I could write a thesis where I was just like, actually, no. Like, I I'm, didn't even get to do that. I'm going to be. I'm going. Mine to be, was way more convoluted than that. Yeah, mine was too, and I'm <laughs> going to be applying for grad school, and I hope my yeah, master's thesis is like that. Because my sisters wasn't. It's got to be an actually no. Yeah. I, I yeah. Really, it my has sister's to be. thesis, I read it. It was a very good thesis, but it wasn't like a proving a an entirety town. like proving an entire town's <laughs> uh, cultural heritage wrong. Well, and I love that it was I love it. I love most it. likely just a just a random Swede that just did it out of yeah. That's boredom. even better. I I I really <laughs> like this. Here's what. So technically, what, what's the town's name? 
Heavener. Heavener? I forgot how they pronounce Next time I'm traveling through there, through Heavener. Which you probably won't be. I'm going to go visit the If you're traveling through there, you're not traveling on uh, well-traveled roads. If if I'm ever traveling through there, I'm going to go visit those those roads. Well, you got to come to my grandpa's place. Because because I got to be like, these are the stones that tricked an entire town into a cultural heritage based off of a probably Swedish immigrant just doing something on a whim. It basically the equivalent of and graffiti. It makes me go, I got to see these stones. That's even <laughs> better than if they were real Viking stones. Right. Like That's almost better. I, I, <laughs> Cause it was I love it. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I did have whole other lists to yeah. talk about, but I think I have a few other things, but this has gone on. This is you a long what? episode. It's a lot to try to cover. The whole, the whole Viking Age in two That's hours? A That's a lot. Let's just say that there are professors out there who teach entire semester-long courses oh, yeah. on the Viking Age. Well, we could even... we could Like with our Pirates episode, we could definitely revisit that because all we did on that one was just talk about famous pirates. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. We can and, revisit that. It's it's just there's so much to it. But and, um, I will yeah. say, um, I don't know when, but we will cover another like historical cool thing. I We've have done some pirates, I, Vikings. I, I have some ideas. Maybe ninjas but I'm next, not, or I'm samurai. Not promise anything. Maybe samurai next. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Ooh, samurai. Yeah. Knights. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We'll we'll do more of this stuff. This is fun stuff. Um, this is stuff that both of us are like into enough that we can. I mean, this could we be, will actually put aside time to. This to could research. be a four-hour episode. It could be, and but no one wants that. But I don't no, want that. But we recognize no one wants that. Yeah. I don't want it. I yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and <laughs> I cannot say. And we're in the normal normal phase of the podcast, so I can't tell you what's coming up. Uh, yeah. I can't even hit at it. But we got we got some cool ideas though. But I will say so there's gonna be something good. I mentioned earlier, this holiday season's gonna be a goof and a gaff. It's gonna be a fun. Uh, yeah, you put it perfectly. Man. We're gonna jazz it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, speaking of jazzing things up, play that outro. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To visit all of our current streaming and social media platforms, visit the link tree in the description. If you enjoy the show, we would be appreciated it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Odd Drunk Podcast would like to remind you to drink responsibly and not to drink and drive. Okay Colton you can roll the outro now.